This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Victory Wednesday here on WST. Another big win for the Winnipeg Jets last night, beating the Calgary Flames in regulation at home. We'll dive into that. We'll chop it up with Scott Billick, as well as Mike McIntyre on today's program. And uh, listen, we're not going to be forgetting about the World Juniors. We're going to get to that as well coming up a little bit later on in the program. Uh, but yeah, big win last night. And of course, fun night tonight for Winnipeg Jet fans as the skills competition goes down at Canada Life Center. We'll dive into that and uh, maybe get a few predictions from uh, you all in the chat. Joining us live on YouTube. What's up, everyone? And um, Remo and I will get our thoughts as well on uh, who might be the big winners at the skills competition. But uh, of course, the focus uh, right out of the gate will be on the game last night. But before we do that, a big thanks to the sponsors that make our show happen each and every day for you, including Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and our friends at Not Auto Corp. Michael Remus, what's going on? I'm in a good mood. Always in a good mood uh, after a win, Hustler and... Uh, Mike McIntyre tweeted this last week. Remember last week when the Jets lost three in a row? They had so many injuries. They had all these tough games against Edmonton, who had just what demolished uh, Seattle. Uh, Calgary, who's playing a lot better now. Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver sucks, but uh, they had you know they still. I mean, Vancouver was on a bit of a heater going into that game, and here are the Jets not using injuries as an excuse. Winning three in a row, and Hustler, this is the fourth three-game win streak of the season. I remember when they couldn't even get one. When it was like, well, I remember it was like three-game in a row win streak watch that one season. Um, what we're watching this year has been fantastic. It's been remarkable. Um, Josh Morrissey doing uh, Norrissey things yesterday with that. Uh, that was that goal was the highlight. Although I did enjoy the one off uh, Brandon Dillon's ass for his first of the year. <laughs> Big but, butt, uh, what, big what a butt, game. according to Brandon Dillon. His butt, yeah, his butt. Um, what a game, though, uh, last night. So we're all in a good mood here today. Yeah, it was a fun night at the rink last night, I uh, got to say. Um, you know, that was a big game for the Winnipeg Jets to continue to build on what they'd done coming out of that three-game losing streak, as you mentioned. I mean, win at home last week, uh, last Thursday against Vancouver was massive considering the way things went against the division rival Wild on the 27th. And then to go in and grab two points in Edmonton was just a hell of a way to finish off 2022. And they continued to do things they've done all season long last night against the Calgary Flames. Now, this is a very even game. We've talked before about that razor thin margin often between winning and losing. Um, but a number of players stepped up big time last night, including Connor Hellebuck, who continues to play at just an absolutely incredible level. And you mentioned Josh Morrissey, um, that goal last night, Reem, the give and go between Josh Morrissey and Kyle Connor certainly will end up on some of the season highlight lists. Um, but the fact of the matter was the Calgary Flames came back, tied it up, and the Winnipeg Jets did not falter whatsoever. 
And it was Billy Hanley getting into the mix with the blast deflected by one Sam Gagne, who got to sing Mr. Brightside on the bench, much to the delight of everyone in the crowd. And uh, the Jets held on. And I'll tell you what, grinding out and drawing that penalty in the final three minutes was huge as well, considering the push that you knew was going to be coming from the Calgary Flames in the dying minutes. Um, overall, though, more of what we've seen, Rick Bonus said to the team afterwards that great teams find ways to win, and the Winnipeg Jets have been doing that after that three-game losing streak that had some people a little nervous approaching the new year. Yeah, they got some help in the schedule last night. Dallas losing to L.A., so they are a couple points back. And, yeah, you know they got a couple days off here. Friday, tough match against uh, Tampa, who's in Minnesota tonight. And we'll have to wait and see what the lineup looks like Friday because sounds cool. like some guys are going to be coming back if it's Schmidt, Perfetti, or Ehlers or all. Uh, we will be we'll be tuning in to the morning skate, you know, the Twitter, seeing what everyone is tweeting out tomorrow and Friday morning, but you got to feel good. And, yeah, that, that was quite a goaltending duel. Uh, Markstrom making some big saves. Hellebuck saving the Did night on, on Mackenzie Weger. But Hellebuck, I mean, this guy is he's in Vesnabuck mode and – you know, he's had a, he's, you know, he's had a, a game here or there where, you know, he wasn't at his best, but you know that he's going to bounce back and uh, the consistency from him has been, you know, been propelling the team uh, to the top of the stand as well as the great play from everyone, including everyone who's come up. And, you know, one, one guy we were talking about off air before the start of the show was uh, Stanny, Kevin Stanlin. Um, I mean, these guys out of nowhere, the Stanlin line, their, uh, their analytics in terms of shot attempts, it was, Danny and AJF, uh, actually, he had four shots AJF yesterday, but him and Baron, I mean, they were awesome yesterday. Yesterday, in terms of uh, suppressing shots and and taking shots on net. So, um, I mean, these guys have stepped up and played so well when so many uh, players are injured. They got some tough decisions uh, coming up. That's for sure. Well, and, and you know what? That was one of the topics that we sort of hit going into last night's game on yesterday's show. The fact of the matter was everyone was going to stay in the lineup for one more game, but Ehlers is coming back. Perfetti's coming back. Blake Wheeler's coming back. And that is going to bump some guys that have played well out of the lineup. And I thought last night in a lot of ways was a real opportunity for guys on that bubble, if you will, that had been called up, that had come over on waivers and Carson Kuhlman's um, example, a recent recall in Christian Reichel, all getting an opportunity to show that they deserve to stay in the line and uh, in the lineup. And I'll go back to a couple weeks ago, speaking with Murata Tesh, not too long after Kevin Stenlin was recalled and had a great start to his time here. And throughout the fact that with what he's doing in the face-off circle, with the fact that he was put at center and David Gustafson got moved out to the wing and the work that he's done in the taking and winning draws, which has been so important to Rick Bonus. That Kevin Stenlin, I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago was putting himself in a situation where he was going to be considered to maybe stick around a little longer when guys got healthy. Tell you what, Remus, I feel even stronger about that today than I did a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he has continued to take a bigger role, to earn more responsibility from the coaching staff, and he played one hell of a game last night, along with two guys in Morgan Barron and Axel Janssen Fjallby that certainly want to make sure that they're staying in the lineup as well. And um, that level of competition within the bottom six, which is something that I think was a real weakness of the Winnipeg Jets last year, has ended up being a huge part of the reason we're talking about a team 11 games above 500 right now and comfortably in a playoff spot in the Central Division Western Conference.
Yeah, I was just looking at those shot attempts. Numbers has from the uh, AJF Stenland Baron line. Eight, four, uh, three against. Uh, I think Stanny alone had 10, 10 attempts. Uh, Janssen Fialbi led the team in shots on goal with four. Um, these guys are, are playing well. And, you know, to use the ice hockey terms, you what, you got two big guys and uh, and and Baron and, and Stanny, and you got a skinny guy, and he's a, a burner. And Janssen Fialbi, and maybe he might be our pick for fastest skater uh, tonight, although that hair might be. Might give some additional drag, but tie it talk, down, tie it down, Axel. Yeah, you talking about guys who stepped up. Uh, Coolman, you know, he can't really finish, but he's looked pretty good there with Lowry and Chafley. And you mentioned faceoffs. How about Adam Lowry lately in the faceoff circle, Huss? Uh, last night, six of eight, seventy-five percent. But he's on a heater here. In his last four games, he's twenty of twenty-seven, seventy-four uh, percent. Uh, special teams hustler. Last night wasn't. You know, the Jets PK, they went two for two on the penalty kill. Uh, you'd like to see them score on the power play 0 for 4, but again, you won the game, and I think you're kind of just win. You're going to win at all cost mode. It may not have looked the prettiest at times against Edmonton, and even last night against Cal Did Calgary. Didn't look pretty, but you're in a period of the schedule where we've talked about the games played, lack of practice, you know, players out of the lineup. You, got, you just got six of six points in your last three games. And you've got a you know former two-time cup champion coming in here Friday, and you know they're going to be well. I think they won. They won yesterday against Chicago. They're on the central uh, central uh, stretch. Here. Everyone wins against Chicago. Yeah, of course. Well, they're yeah. We looked yesterday. They were had the best odds at getting Connor Bedard, but uh, I think that'll be a, a big tilt uh, on Friday here at Canada yeah. Life. You know what? Jets now fourteen and six on home ice. Um, good for 28 points, which is fourth most in the National Hockey League. And I'll just quickly mention the crowd last night. I mean, I think we all saw the way the crowds were at the beginning of the season, and we knew that there were some organizational challenges, and there were some seats that weren't season tickets anymore that they were going to have to work to, to sell. I think they've done a great job with that Tuesday promo with the cheaper ticket and a beer to sort of get some, you know, fill out that spot. I was really wondering about the crowd last night, though. I mean, you had the great crowds in between Christmas and New Year's, early January is traditionally a time where a lot of people sort of hunker down. Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, there was not a lot of big pockets of empty seats last night, and the upper deck where I was in was pretty much full right to the top. And, uh, you know, it took a little while for the fans, I think, to get into that game because of the way things were played and the tightness of the game in the first period. Um, but man, that was a fun, fun building to be in as the game to continue to uh, to go on. And I'll tell you what, that roar when Sam Gagne was able to deflect the Villiehanel a shot in the third period to regain the lead. Um, I don't want to say it almost blew the roof off the place, but it got loud in there. And uh, and then the crowd was really, really engaged. Um, you know, through the white knuckle ride to the final buzzer. But the level of confidence I think that fans and players have in a team like the Winnipeg Jets, despite the Carolina game earlier in the Dallas game, I mean, where things had gone a little hairy when the opposition has had the uh, empty net pulled. The way Connor Hellebuck's playing right now, um, it's hard not to have confidence in that last line of defense. And you mentioned that save on Mackenzie Weger earlier in the game last night, Remo. 
I mean, that was an absolute showstopper. But to your point, Jacob Markstrom had a couple, including an absolute robbery on Mark Shifley in the game as well. So we got to see some good goaltending, and we got to see a team in the Winnipeg Jets that stuck to their plan, continued to work throughout that third period, really bringing it to the Calgary Flames, and um, deservedly got a big two points on home ice. Yeah, Mike McIntyre tweeting out the attendance Yesterday uh, wasn't a third straight sellout, but for Tuesday night, uh, 14,130. And I think uh, people are starting to see, hey, going to games, you're going to see an entertaining product. Uh, you're going to see a winning product, as you mentioned, at home, Hustler. Uh, what's their record? Four, would you say 14 and 6? Yeah. I have it I have it here, something like that. Um, anyway, yeah, 14 and 6, that's right. Fourth most points in the NHL at home. Meanwhile, you know, a team like Vancouver, who's coming in here Sunday, their home record is is abysmal and they get blown out at home uh every night a lot of other problems there so um yeah i think you like to see the crowds uh, the ho- the goal songs has definitely i think when you a guy scores like gaine who scored some big ones at home and has got a song like mr Brightside that you can sing along to uh i think i think it's great and creates a great atmosphere so i'm looking forward to more of that as you know we get into more as you said white knuckle ride more intense games down the stretch as you know you're kind of going for a division title here you got to get that banner that was lost in 2019. <laughs> um, well, speaking of goal songs, and speaking of goals, and the D are coming. The D have been coming. I believe that's 20 goals on the season now from the Winnipeg Jet defense, right around the pace that Rick Bonus asked for at the beginning of the season. But I was joking with some friends last night. I don't know what sort of a prop number we could have got on a Brendan Dillon deflection goal from Dylan DeMello. But it happened last night, Remo, and we got to hear another new goal song. This is why I'm hot for Brendan Dillon. I laughed out loud when they started playing that one last night. And, um, you know, I know he had said it was his big butt that tipped it in. Maybe they could have uh, pivoted to Sir Mix-a-Lot last night. But the bottom line was (laughs) the big guy um, had the big keister in front of the net and got a nice little bounce and got on the board. And, um, you know, the defense, I mean, we've spent so much time talking about Josh Morrissey this season for obvious reasons. Um, but Dylan DeMello has stepped up his game. He's getting a little more aggressive when it comes to getting those pucks on net. And uh, nice to see the big guy, Brandon Dillon, that does so many of those other things that often don't show up on the score sheet um, to actually get on it. Yeah, Dylan DeMello, I mean, in half the games... He's almost uh, past his point total. He's got 10 and 34. Last year, he had 13 and 76. That was Brandon Dillon's first uh, first goal of the season. I mean, I think last year, you never saw Brandon Dillon go up into the zone and Mark Shifley cover back for him. And Dillon being in the right spot, having a puck bounce off him and in. Um, how many times this year has Dylan DeMello been up in the play for a guy who hadn't scored in a long time until earlier? I mean, he's had breakaways. His goal, he was in, in the crease. Right in front, in front of the net. This is like a guy who's known as a, d- a defensive defenseman. So when Bones said, you know, the D are coming at the beginning of the season, we kind of all laughed and we're like, okay, yeah, you know, that's a funny phrase. But uh, he's been true to his word and led by Josh Morrissey, who's second among defensemen of points and continuing um, his fantastic season. And you watch him you know, with the puck, the move that he makes to cut to the middle on that goal. Um it's, I mean, his skating has been fantastic this year. So, uh, you know, we always were like, ah, oh, the Jets don't have, you know, a 1A D since Buffalo. Well, Josh Morrissey has stepped up and filled that hole this year. 
oh, they've got that guy right now. Make no mistake about yeah. it. He wears number 44, and he's been an absolute revelation this season, even here in Winnipeg, but definitely outside the city and around the National Hockey League. Doug Phil in chat. Jet should park Dylan in front of the net on PP2. Be honest, I'd never thought about that, but um, if you want to get the closest thing to an eclipse that the Winnipeg Jets can throw out there, he would be right on that. Um, power play, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, didn't officially get rewarded, but um, I liked the way they looked at times. There was great puck control in the Calgary end. And what was interesting, Remus, was that we saw, you know, at times both Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey on PP1, and at times Vili Hainala and Kyle Capobianco on PP2 last night and a little bit of, I guess, a competition as well between those two players. Listen, Capobianco hardly played. I think he had four minutes last night. Another really strong game for Vili Hainala. And, you know, there's all sorts of things that I think Vili is measured um, by when it comes to the coaching staff. There's some things that they want to make sure that he can do defense-wise at the NHL level. But the more he plays and the more confidence he gets, the more they're not defending and playing in the opposition's end. And that is a big, big part of what Philly Hainala brings to the table. But I don't know about you. I was really impressed with the things that Philly Hainala does well. Um, you know, his passing, uh, the ability to quickly get the puck out of their own end and move it the other way and showed some nice vision. And now he's starting to get that confidence where he will pull the trigger which he certainly hasn't been shy about doing back in the American Hockey League, and even at times earlier on this year. But I'll tell you what, I mean, the timing of that play, Sandberg to Villy to Mr. Brightside and in, it was a uh, heck of a winning goal last night. And, you know, not guys that may, are maybe at the top of your list of the guys that'd be contributing on that winning goal, but um, it was a it was an all-hands-on-deck performance last night for the for the Winnipeg Jets, and, Thought it was quite appropriate that those three guys were all involved on the winner. Yeah, and Sam Guy, he's had some big goals uh, at home, oh. at home this year. And someone commented, I think it was last week, that he only scores in the team's wins. And I think it was only one loss as of last week uh, that he had scored in. So when you're getting goals from a guy like Sam Guy, he's he's played uh, you know up in the lineup, but he's also um, you know been a depth forward. Uh, yeah, he's got one one loss and how many wins? He's six and team is six and one uh, when Sam Gagne scores. And I mean, for a guy who's min salary, he only scored at home. Like I'll be honest, for a guy with got, seven goals, it sure seems like we've heard Mister Brightside a lot at Canada Life okay, Center. Two goals on the road. So okay, so dude, five at uh, five at home and. And what a moment that was. I'm not sure where they showed it on television last night, but if you're in the building, I mean, after the winning goal, they go to show Sam Gagne sitting on the bench and he's singing along to the song. Yes, it, sh <laughs> it showed on TV. Him and uh, Dubois actually had a nice moment. And Dubois had a really nice, uh, I mean, Dubois has been absolutely on fire here too. And I mean, this they got to find a way to sign this guy yeah. because the calendar has turned hustler. And uh, I believe he's eligible now, but Dubois is having this career season. I saw, I was looking at some uh, stats. He was like top 20 in the league in points per 60 minutes. Um, and he had, what, he had the assist. He's got a four-game point streak and 11 points in his last nine. Just seems like everything's clicking, and we've talked about this for a while. Everyone's having a career, but huge contribution from Dubois. And this is what they imagined when they traded for him. Because remember when he first came from the trade, and you're like, this is... Like this is what they traded for Lina, but he's playing, you know, he's pissing guys off on the other team. He's using his big body. 
down low. He's got hands. He can move. I mean, he's a fantastic player, Dubai. I think he's got a lot of fans here, even after everything we went through uh, with him in the summer. Oh, you know, we so I don't want to get that. too much into That's that conversation. Yeah. But it's funny you mentioned that signing. I mean, that is absolutely a priority. We can only hope maybe there's some things that are happening behind the scenes. And and as I've been saying all year, who knows what's going on between his ears or what his thoughts are in his long-term future. But I can't help but think that the fact that this team is playing the way they are this year, the success that they've had as a team, the success he's having playing alongside Kyle Connor, all of those things can do nothing but increase the Jets' chances to where I'm not sure um, but he was an absolute problem for the Calgary Flames last night. I mean, going at it with Mackenzie Weger and a number of players last night. And one of the things, and I commented on this, and it probably, from my vantage point in 316, I had a perfect view of it, and I don't think as many people up in the press box probably did, but the puck skills that Dubois utilized to maintain puck possession in this Calgary zone before getting it up to Josh Morrissey and then over to Kyle Connor back to Morrissey for that goal was um, just another example of the five-tool player, if you will, that Pierre-Luc Dubois is. Spent some time in the penalty box, spent a lot of time in and around in front of the net, um, and he has just become an indispensable player for the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, it's wild. You've got three players right now for the Winnipeg Jets that are on well above a point-of-game pace. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Josh Morrissey, and Kyle Connor, And that doesn't include Mark Shifley, who, if you can believe this, has 23 goals on the season, but still only nine assists. And uh, you got to think that sooner or later, Shifley's going to get into that group as well and, you know, exceed points per games played right now. Um, and Blake Wheeler's only three points off as well, despite the fact that he's been going on. So, Everyone's been contributing, but man, have the top players of the Winnipeg Jets, and we'll include Kyle Connor, really led the way. And now, as we'll get into with Scott in a minute, the competition to stay in the lineup is something I don't think a lot of people could have imagined at the start of this year, considering what the collective thought was about the lack of depth within the organization, especially up top. Yeah, they brought in all these guys, um, and you know, in the offseason. You know, they realized that, hey, you know, our bottom six last year wasn't getting it done. You know, Toninato, you know, but he, he's been out of the lineup. Uh, Harkins now sent to the Moose today after clearing waivers. And uh, Jakob Vrana actually did clear waivers uh, to start the show. But you have AJF comes in. He's making an impact. Gustafson, uh, Isimond, you know, Steny, so many guys. So, you know, the guys at the top getting it done, bottom contributing. Oh, yeah, Saku, forgot about him. He's coming back, too. I don't even know if he's going to get in. Uh, one thing I should mention, I was watching ESPN last night, Hustler. The all-star rosters are going to be revealed Thursday, I think, during a Capitals game. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know if they had vote. Like, did they have voting? I thought I, I was looking forward to voting, but I don't know if that was a thing. But I, uh, like, which, how many all-stars are the Jets going to get? Is it Hellbuck and Morrissey, or does Connor squeak in two? Because it sucks with the um, the three-on-three three and one per team. You're pretty limited. Yeah, um, I'll tell you this. There's probably four guys that deserve to be there, without a doubt. Yes. I mean, the guys that we just mentioned and Mark Shifley. Um, but I guess we'll see uh, We'll see about that. Um, by the way, special WST welcome and Happy New Year to the one and only Ezra Ginsberg, who has popped in. 
Shout out to Ezzy and the IC boys. Um, hey, just before we bring in Reem, um, or uh, before we bring in Scotty uh, Reem, skills competition is tonight. You sort of mentioned this yesterday. We'll maybe do some predictions at the end or kick it around with Mike. Uh, but our buddy Jesse Pollock's going to be there. And I can confirm, for those of you that were fans of the Speed of Light promo, like I was, that we have not seen this year, and everyone wondering, where is Jet? Well, Jet's going to be back tonight, and Jet and Jesse Pollock will be going head-to-head in a Speed of Light-style fastest skater contest. Yeah, the skills competition tonight, they got fastest skater, accuracy shooting, hardest shot, uh, team puck relay, and the breakaway challenge. And if you haven't been to a skills competition, I think it's great. They do uh, remove the glass. I like how each player takes their own... They each there's so much like merch that you have their own merch like and they're handing it out, signing autographs. Uh, I think it's a, a fun night. Too bad it's at the same time as this Canada USA game we're going to be tuned into. But uh, I am looking forward to seeing who gets the trophy. They do have a trophy for this, so we haven't had the skills competition for a couple of years, and I do think it'll be great. I'm looking forward to seeing who. I mean, it gave us some great moments, us. We wouldn't be calling Ben Schrott Mister 107. We didn't have the skills competition, so. I don't know if anyone's going to beat that, but I am curious to find out. Yeah, well, folks, for everyone that's with us on YouTube, make sure you hit that uh, thumbs up button for us. And if you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button. Um, tell a friend about WST. That's, again, your New Year's resolution. Tell someone and get them in the crew. Um, but we will have time later on to do our Why Not question of the day with some thoughts on who will be the Jets' fastest skater, hardest shot, and winner of the Accuracy Relay. Um, hey, I've got to give a big thanks to the gang over at Consolidated Supply. They're great. Oh, excuse me. Still not over this cold, folks. Um, <coughs> we got to give a shout-out to Winnipeg Walter, who won the Tournament of Champions, working on those season tickets for the Bombers, courtesy of Consolidated Supply. But as you get ready to look ahead to next year, landscaping, maybe an outdoor kitchen, golf cart, irrigation. They have got it all for you right now over at Consolidated Supply. And our friends at over at Vita Health Fresh Market, of course, have great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And when you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. If you're battling colds and a sore throat, hello, uh, it's never been easier with Coldflex Oregano Spray made locally by Inatech Nutrition. Coldflex Oregano Spray helps relieve coughs and sore throats and to help maintain immune function. Get yours today at any Vita Health location. And hey, if you're celebrating sober January or Veganuary, you'll find a fantastic selection of non-alcoholic beverages and vegan and plant-based options. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And don't forget, folks, we are still taking submissions for our Unsung Hero program with Wallace and & Wallace and Josh and Margot Morrissey. Let us know about that community hero, whether it's at your community center, involved in local sports programs, doing great charity work. Tell us about them. Unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. We'll be announcing our December winner coming up a little later on this week. We'll have an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey for that winner. And uh, whoever nominated our unsung hero will uh, 
get a $500 donation in their name to the Dream Factory from Wallace & Wallace, and that is going to be matched by Margot and Josh Morrissey. Looking forward to having Josh on the show, hopefully relatively soon, to talk about it, the Dream Factory, and all that he's doing in the community. But send us those in, unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. All right, let's get to it. Scotty Billick joins us to tee things off. Scott, what's up? How are you? It's going, man. It's going. I'm here. I got my booster shot today, so I'm just waiting for the impending side effects. So should be good. Oh, man. Um, it sounds well, like you're, you're dealing with it too, right? Yeah. So. You know what, man? It's one of those things that comes and goes. And every yeah. now and then in the middle of the show, I'll just get overwhelmed with a coughing fit. Remus is doing a great job, though, of holding it down and, you know, switching the camera every now yeah. and then. And <laughs> He's got the cough button. Uh, sort of sort yeah. of getting through yeah. it. Um, well, listen, let me just tee you up. Uh, what did you think of last night's big win over the Calgary Flames? Three in a row right now and really running the table through that Pacific in the Canadian side of things with wins over Vancouver, Edmonton, and now Calgary to start off 2023. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it followed a lot. I mean, it didn't follow the same lines as, as obviously the New Year's Eve game because the Jets weren't very good in that game. But the Jets, you know, kept to their structure in that game. And I think that's, again, one of the hallmarks of this team. We use this word a lot, hallmarks, their success, all that stuff. Um, you know, I find that when this team sticks with this structure, they stick with their game plan, they're really good in these one-goal games. Uh really good in you know eking out victories and that sort of thing and and i i like the way that that they played i like the way that um you i, I like the way that some individuals played um i like the way billy hanela played i like the way that he sealed off nazim kadri on the boards there and 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 you know turned that play completely around and then you know ends up assisting on the game winning the game-winning goal there. <clears throat> um, you mentioned it, uh, you know, before I came on about Pierre Dubois. Uh, he was he was a menace all over the ice last night. People complained that he took some penalties, but I thought he got under the skin of Zadarov. Uh, obviously, Mackenzie Weger behind the net there. He was doing more wrestling than actually playing hockey last night. But uh, you know, also on the uh, on the Morrissey goal um, down low, just kind of moving around with the puck there. Um, dishing it off to Josh, and then obviously Josh and, and Kyle did what they did there. But I, I liked the game. Like I liked the way that the Jets came out. I thought they had one of their better starts in the last little while in that game, and set a bit of a tone there. And then you could see, you know, that team. You know, they go up one nothing. It's one one. They go up two one. It's two two. Um, but it's just calm. Uh, and, and I think that's you know. It's one of the uh, one of the interesting things with this Jets team is how calm they can be um, when they're when they're just you know in in, in a tight game I suppose um, and and uh, and I've enjoyed it I've enjoyed watching this team watching it kind of grow from the you know the start of the season because you know you, you really get a sense of of how coaching has kind of affected this team um, get a sense of how kind of you know uh, Rick Bonus used the word difference makers yesterday. Of the difference makers on this team have have really stepped up, and you saw that again last night. Um, you know, with that Morrissey goal to put them ahead two one. Um, but you know, I, I, and then then the depth guys. You know, you, you see the depth of this organization, and you mentioned it earlier. But you know, it, it, it's true. I mean, I I don't think we went into the season really knowing um, how deep this team was, or we you know even doubted that this team had a lot of depth. And, and then you just look at it, it's been guy after guy. You know, I think you going into the season, you would have thought Jansen Harkins was probably pretty high on the 
on 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 the pecking order, I suppose. But you know, now it's it's you know, Johnson Harkins is the first guy to get you know to get to get cut, I guess, on on a team that has a lot of guys that have been called up and and placed into you know situations they wouldn't normally play. And so I think that's you know one of the things that's really been um, uh, you know fascinating to watch is that you know when you actually give this you know young guys on this team um, some added minutes or or some different roles um, you know you actually have, you know this team actually has some good players I mean I, I think we always used to you know, I mean there was the joke the joke's still around you know draft and destroy and and all that kind of stuff but I I don't think that's been the case this year I think a lot of these young guys. Have really been put in good positions to succeed, and the you know the cream rises to the top, right? The old Macho Man Randy Savage uh, <laughs> uh, promo there, right? Um, but you know, like I, I think that's I, I think that's what's come uh, to fruition with the Jets. They've they've allowed these guys to kind of they've given the opportunity and allowed these guys to kind of take take it and and run with it. And some guys have really stepped up on this team. Um, you know, you know, carve them out themselves out these niche roles, and have really contributed to the success of this team, especially um, given how injury riddled they've been, uh, uh, you know, to date so far. No doubt about it. Well, I mean, to me, it starts in the blue paint, and Connor Hallibuck sure. continues to be brilliant. I mean, the performance that he had holding it down to finish out twenty twenty two. Um, yeah. You know, was I think in a lot of ways indicative of just how good he's been over this entire season. Uh, and he came right back at it. In fact, I mean, early on through the first 30 minutes of that hockey game, it was a hell of a goaltending duel. I mean, Hellebuck made a couple monster saves, and that big one on Uyghur, I think, really stood out. Yeah. But Markstrom was no slouch either. And, no, you know, both goaltenders were making the other the, the teams earn it. Um, and the Winnipeg Jets did exactly that. And just back to Dubois for a minute. These are the sort of games against a big ornery team like the Calgary Flames that I think Dubois' value gets magnified even more. Um, because let's face it, the Jets don't have a lot of guys that'll stand nose to nose and go at it with teams and players like populate that Calgary Flames roster. Yeah. And even though at times we're seeing Dubois spend a couple minutes here or four minutes there in the box, that is something that I think was lacking in the past for the Winnipeg Jets, and I think is very important, not only for a team like Calgary, but if they want to get one up on the Minnesota Wild, they're going to need to be more like that. And you can make that same argument for a few other teams in the Central Division. And yeah. Dubois' importance to the team seems to get grow almost on a game-by-game -game basis, which is going to give us plenty to talk about in the second half of the season and into the offseason on his future. Yeah. But right now... As big of a Patrick Line fan is that I am, and I will still eventually judge this trade on what comes out of this asset if Dubois not here. Yeah. It's hard to imagine, even for the people that were bent, of myself included, about that trade happening and the way that it all went down, that it is not right now showing the best case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets from what they thought they were getting when they traded an incredibly important asset along with Jack Rosovic to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, you know, as it stands right now, take away all the context and everything, um, the Jets got the better player, right? And 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 it's showing. And 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 you're right. I mean, you called him a five-tool player, uh, you know, just before I came on, and I 100% I agree with you. I mean, here's a guy that can do it all. And, I, you know, I think you know, he's a special teams 
you know, stud on the power play. Um, he gets under guys' skin. Um, he, he's physical. He, he, is, he, is, he is fearless. Um, obviously, he has all the offensive instincts in the world um, to go along with that. Um, you know, this is a guy that you would build a team around, right? I mean, this is, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, it goes without saying, but it's paramount. The Jets find a way to, you know, get this guy, whether it's three, five, seven, whatever you can. I mean, if you're going to try and keep your window open here, I mean, Pierre Dubois seems to be, to me, that he needs to be a part of it. I mean, he's just, he he's such a force. They've called him a bull. I think a horse is the other name, you know, but that that's what he is. And, and, and he brings so much to this team um, that you, you would usually find in maybe one or two guys, right? Or like two or three guys, maybe. Um, but he, he has it all in, you know, in kind of one package. And, you know, I, I get it. People don't like the, the penalties and, you know, maybe that, that cross-checking call was a little stupid. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you've you got to kind of take it part of that with it, right? I mean, there's going to be, um, you know, nights where he takes those penalties. But, but at the same time, you take Mackenzie Weaker off the ice, and don't get me wrong, I mean, Pierre Dubois is really good on the power play. Um, but I think when you take Mackenzie Weaker off the ice, I mean, that's a big threat that, from that team. Um, he was in Zadarov even before they were, you know, they were they were going at each other in the first period. I mean, Dubois was letting Zadarov know that he was on the ice. Um, Zadarov's not a small guy either, right? But I mean, he reminds me of Dustin Bufflin in that way. And and I think, you know, a lot of fans can were pretty forgiving of Paul, you know, Pierre Dubois, all the summer stuff and all that stuff, because I think he reminds them of Dustin Bufflin. You know, I, I think that's I think that's the best, in my opinion, the best kind of. He doesn't have the same kind of hitting ability. Um, or at least he doesn't use that that kind of ability. Um, but the way that he drags teams into it, the way that you know he can he can make one player even just get the you know the building involved, right? I mean, I think you saw that last night with some of these wrestling matches. You were at the game, um, you know. People were enjoying those. I mean, I, I think it just it gets the crowd into it. It gets the team into it. Um, not that they needed it last night, but there's been other games where Pierre Dubois has been the guy on the ice that that you know, that energizer bunny and he just keeps going. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think he's, I think he's, he, he's really kind of turning into that, that all around center Iceman in, in, in the NHL that teams covet. Um, and he's doing it at, what was he? 23, 24 now. I mean, you know, th- th- this is a, a, this is a kid still um, with plenty of room to still grow his game and the way he talks about growing his game and the way that he wants to be the guy that's, you know, a coach's dream, essentially, any situation, uh, you know, defending a lead, you know, uh, uh, trying to get the lead or tie a game or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I'm very impressed with Pierre Dubois and, and the way that he's kind of handled, you know, this season, especially after the summer that happened. Um, again, we'll see what happens. Um, it would be it would be devastating for the Jets to lose this guy, though. They need to, they need to figure out a way not just to get him signed, <laughs> but to do it in the next five weeks. I, I know, yeah. and then <laughs> announce it at Festival de Voyager. He could be, <laughs> That'd be the, brilliant. Eh? It would be. It would be. <laughs> would listen, be brilliant. I mean, I Have say that kind of half tongue in cheek, but um, mm. you know what? He's very proud, francophone, um, and. I mean, we've got a huge French community, and having a player like that sign on and stay long term would be—I think it would be huge for the organization. Um, listen, the there'd scene. be, 
well, you know, we, see while you're there too, right? I just do it all. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. <laughs> okay. Although, you all know right. what? It's a really fascinating conversation. <clears throat> I mean, we've been talking about Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry as the kind of the two most likely guys to be yeah. the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets. And I think a big part of that is they've already committed to the organization. You know, they're going to be here for a number of years. And I think they're, you know, what they bring to the table. We've talked about plenty. I mean, both would be fine choices. Dubois is fascinating, though, when it comes to, I mean, right now, I mean, he wouldn't even be consideration because they don't even know if he's going to be here in, you know, a few months. But right. as I said, this entire season has been such a turnaround from last year. I mean, I wonder if, we backed up his contract and where he was at at the end of last season was this season. Is the conversation very different about thinking about signing a long-term deal? One can only hope because as we said, the guy's just too right. damn important right now to the Winnipeg <clears throat> Jets to lose, but there could also be some other, um, you know, effects of having a guy like that commit here long-term, especially when it comes to, you know, marketing and, um, you know, a very sure. proud French community here that still has major ties to the Montreal Canadiens. I'll tell you what, having a French star be here long-term, I think could be, um, well, could do wonders. Bottom line is though, they need him on the ice for they all the things the that we've talked yeah. about him doing. Um, I want to get your take on who's going to be out. Who's not going to have a chair <laughs> right. at the end of this week because we're expecting Perfetti, Ehlers, Wheeler. They'll all obviously go right into the lineup. And man, it's been great to see a big part of last night, I kind of thought, was that competition amongst guys in that bottom six to remind Rick Bonus that when these guys get healthy, I still deserve a spot in the lineup. I don't know if anybody did that better than Kevin Stenlin and Axel Janssen Fialbi, along with Morgan Barron on that third line. Um, and Mikey Esamont yeah. wasn't there because they did go with the 7D11 forwards, which was very unusual, and that's not something we'll see normally. I mean, how do you see this shaking out? Christian Reichel, Carson Kuhlman, of course. Kuhlman's a little different, though, because if they do put him on waivers, Seattle, Seattle. could just get him back, and it's basically see you later. Um, yeah. What's your best guess on how this shakes out, Scott? Uh, the way that they scratched uh, Esmont late last night kind of, you know, gives me a, a, just a little inkling, I suppose, that he might be the next to go. You know, he had a really good start with the team. I mean, here I, I, I was on, I can't remember what show I was on, but, you know, I, I almost sharpied him essentially into the roster, just given the way that he was playing. But he obviously, you know, he, he, he has regressed a little bit. Um, and, and they've also found, you know, through that, guys like Kevin Stenland, who have stepped up really in, in another role. And, and so Mikey Esmont's role, Michael Esmont's role, sorry, um, I, again, I think it's starting to go the way of Jansen Harkins, where it's just not defined enough. I asked Rick Bonus yesterday about defined roles, and 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 it's something that he really likes. I mean, if you you know you talked about Axel Johnson Fialbi, I mean you know you talk about strong forechecking and 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 pretty much brilliant on the penalty kill. I mean, those are two you know really good assets on this team that that Rick Bonus wants in his bottom six, uh, and 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 so I don't think Axel Johnson Fialbi. Say what you want about you know is he is just as good without a stick as he is with a stick. I mean that's kind of the running joke with him. But at the same time, I mean he's just he's so fast and so quick and so and so adept at, at closing the gap um, on both five on five and and four on five. I mean I think it's those those attributes that'll keep him. Kevin Stenlin, faceoffs and and the way that he is, I mean he's. Uh, what do you want to call him? Uh, and when we've called him Blake Wheeler Light because he looks like him, 
Um, I, I almost liken him a little bit more to Adam Lowry in the way that he plays his game, though. Um, and so, and, and, his, and he's really good at the faceoff. So I think that's part of, you know, what will keep him in town. So now you're, you're, you know, you're the two others that you're looking at at this point, if you're going to bring three guys back, um, you know, Perfetti's still on the roster. So um, I made this mistake earlier today, thinking that Perfetti was still on, or was on IR. He was never put on IR. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's probably Esmon and, and perhaps Carson Kuhlman. I mean, it's interesting because it's like, does Carson Kuhlman go off of Shifley's line and then onto waivers? Like that's the part that I, I'm not sure. Like I, I, I don't always see it in Carson Coleman, what they're exactly what they see in him. Um, but, He's playing in a weird I mean, spot. I mean, I got to think is. that after these guys get back, he gets a run at some point on the fourth line. Right. And then, so that's the other thing. Okay. So if Nate Schmidt's coming back, I mean, here's, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get into this now. Maybe we should. What happens to Villy? You know, Villy's had three, in my opinion, really good games. It's the consistency. You heard Rick Bonus last night talk about. You know, it, 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 they're they're seeing progression in him, and part of you know getting that confidence and being. Well, you know what? Before you NHL, before you mention, hey, sorry, Remus, yeah. Reem, do you have that clip? Yes. A bonus on Villy. Let's play that. Let, let's sure, let's crank yeah, this yeah. out for people that maybe missed it, and we can talk a little bit more. Um, obviously, Hanela, another great game. Confidence seems to be growing every yeah. single time he gets out there, and obviously a big big part of what ended up being the winning goal. Uh, when Dylan Sandberg popped one over to him, he quickly got it on net, and uh, Mr. Brightside tipped it in. This is Bones on Vili Hanela post game last night at Canada Life Center. We'll see what we do. That what we do, right? Let's give that a, a day or two to see what we do with our defense. Um, yeah, L- listen. Tonight was how we want him to play. Right, he was reliable defensively, but he was skating the puck and he was he was using his mobility on the offensive blue line. He's getting looking to shoot more tonight. Like we've just been after him to put the puck down, and sometimes you get nervous. You just you 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 tr- look, look trying to look just make a play. So you know we want him to shoot the puck more and and use those skills, and he and he did that tonight. Do you find that his speed of decision making is becoming more instinctively in NHL yeah it's quicker yeah and again you got to play some games up here to get that pace and that's what we, the intensity of the, the players up here and and their quickness and you've got to move your feet quicker you got to make decisions quicker got to move the puck quicker so the, he, it's it was it's been a better every game let's put it that way all right, so there's what Rick Bonus had to say about Vili Hainala. Um, I certainly concur with what he's saying. I mean, it's been obvious that his confidence level, his decision-making, he's just getting more comfortable right now. You know, there were some nervous moments, I think, earlier on in the season, and even in that first game on his most recent call-up, he's looked like a different player lately, and the results are following. And um, that does that does put them in a bit of a situation considering how well the rest of the blue line has played for the most of this year. Dylan Sandberg's spot on the club right now, but I mean, Billy Hanel has done exactly what his fans wanted him to do. Show them how good he can be and give them an incredibly difficult decision. When a guy like Nate Schmidt comes back into the lineup. So that's the thing, right? Like, are they going to now send him down? I mean, I thought the Vancouver game was the the turning point for Billy because he showed that he could do it at both ends of the ice, right? And then he plays in, against Edmonton. The game was not a great game for anybody on the roster other than Connor Hellebuck. But at the same time, um, I thought Billy had a good game, all things considered. Last night, though, 
when he seals off Nazem Kadri there, in my opinion, like that's again, that's the, what Rick Bonus wants to see. Yeah, they want to see him moving the puck and all that stuff. I get that. Um, but they know that's there for him. What they want to see is that this guy capable of going into the defensive zone, making a play, separating a guy from the puck, take, getting that puck or whatever it has to be, right? That's what they really wanted to see from Billy because they need to know that he can play defense. It's, it's you know Whether or not people agree with that or not, that's what Rick Bonus wants. And so that's how you know these guys are going to make the team. And so I thought that Billy has really kind of, uh, in, in this most recent call-up, actually taken that to heart this time uh, and, 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 and focused on those moments. He hasn't been as hesitant in the defensive zone. Um, his decision-making is quicker. I mean, Rick Bonus you know, said it all there. And, and, and so you know, do you now take that guy, after you say that you need these guys playing in the NHL to get that pace and all that sort of stuff, do you now take that guy out of the roster? And that that's the thing that I don't know. And so what do you then do? Because now you got, you know, now it's a decision, I suppose, between him and Dylan Sandberg. And Dylan Sandberg has also had his moments lately. Um, and he's also had his, you know, his bad moments, I suppose, too, with those those turnovers. Um, but I think Billy needs that 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 chance. I mean, that that's my opinion. I don't know. He's also easy. Him and Christian Reichel are the easiest guys to send down. Um, because they're waiver exempt. I think Christian Reichel will eventually get sent down. I think it's just, you know, they wanted a guy on the right side. I think Christian Reichel's brilliant. I think the way that he plays is very smart, and, and that's what they like. I think he'd be a great addition to that bottom six alongside Adam Lowry, and, that, and we saw that, I believe, last year um, when Reichel was up. I, I like that idea. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is the problem when you've, it, it, it's a good problem, of course, to have. But, the, you know, Rick Bonus said the last night, there's a lot of tough decisions that they have to make. Um, you know, Jonathan Harkins was the first of them. I didn't think that was that tough. Um, but when you start going now, you know, are you going to, you know, I don't think Sandlin's going anywhere. So for me, if the order is, you know, who's going next, it's, it's Essamont, probably Kuhlman. And then you got to decide. I mean, it could be Billy first because it's the easiest. I think it's um, Reichel before Kuhlman. Well, I mean, he was the last right guy up, and the fact Kuhlman. he's waivers exempt, yeah. and it doesn't, I mean, I and listen, he, he, he's he a guy that they team. brought up, they brought up last to play in that spot, and listen, he did sure. fine, don't get me wrong, but again, we don't know who's driving the bus on that line, I mean, there's probably no, a lot right. of guys that would be able to be fine in that, and and it's just the waivers, uh, I mean, listen, yeah, they don't it's... want, and they know they're going to probably need some of these guys. So if they can expose yeah. as few players as possible, like back to the blue line for a minute, we know where Sandberg has been all year long, and that's usually in the lineup. Yeah. We know what Billy has brought in right now. And like, I'm not sure about Kyle Capobianco, if he was sort of an insurance policy, if Billy didn't work out. Um, oh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, that, that player, that, you know, they know what he is at an NHL level. And uh, listen, I think he's been fine when he's been in. I mean, it certainly hasn't been like he's been an anchor or anything like yeah. that. But if they now have the confidence that Villy is going to be the guy that goes in or stays in, at what point do you maybe think that, okay, it's a risk, but you can put Kyle Capobianco on waivers and assuming that he does clear, he's there with the Manitoba Moose able to be called up. And if he does get claimed by another NHL team, you've got the confidence in the young Finn that whether in the yeah. lineup or as the seventh defenseman, he's there and he'll give you everything and more that you were getting from Capobianco when he's in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that is the move. I was talking about this with Mike McIntyre last night. 
think you kind of I think he's on the show later today. Um, but I agree. Like I think I think he's you know if Billy has shown enough as you said, it, it's time for Kyle Capobianco to be put on waivers and and go from there. I mean I, I get that they signed him in the off season and maybe he was that insurance policy or that seventh or eighth defenseman, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think if 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 Billy's doing it, it, it it's Billy time then, right? It, it it's time, um, you know, three years on or four years on now from when he was drafted, um, three and a half years on from when he was drafted, he's starting to mature into that 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 everyday kind of or at least that that bubble NHL player that could turn into an everyday NHL player. Um, yeah, uh, I I don't know what else is to say about Billy Hano. I I think it's time though to ride the wave, ride the wave, see where it takes this team. Um, you know, I, I think he can be put in different situations on the power play. I think, I mean, you obviously saw the shot last night. I mean, people, I, I think you have to give Billy credit for a lot of what happened on that goal uh, on the whole, the lead up. And so that's what he's able to do. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're willing to give Logan Stanley the time that they have and, and Dylan Sandberg, the time that they have, you know, at what point do you have to give Billy that time? And I get the other two are older. Well, they don't have Logan's to do anything. Like, but let's face it, they don't, they don't but... have to do a damn thing. They want to win hockey games. And sure, they're going to but... make those decisions based on who they think gives them and the I best think... chance to win. And that sure. will frustrate some people. I guess I the argument right now that I think you can make is that so Billy Hanel in the lineup win. is giving you the best chance to win. And, yeah. um, and listen, it's not a knock on some of those other players. But I mean, I know we sort of look at this and a lot of people face it like, well, it's what are you doing to develop the player? That ain't Rick Bonus's job. It's to win hockey games. No. And they've been winning a lot of them right now. But I am with you in that. I mean, we've watched these games. We saw and he brings something that a lot of the other defensemen with the Winnipeg Jets don't have naturally. And let's think about what no. Rick Bonus said at the beginning of the season, Scott. Our deer coming. We want them to be more involved. We want them to be difference makers at both ends. He's showing right now that he can handle it in his own end. And the more he plays, he shows the package that right. he brings that can make a difference in the offensive zone. Like we saw getting that puck off quickly from the pass from Sandberg that ended up yeah. with San Gagne tipping in the winning goal for the game. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is the other thing. Like don't take anything away from Sa or Dylan Sandberg. Like this is the problem, right? They have seven defensemen that can all play in the NHL. And unless they're going to commit to 11 and seven, every night that's just the way it's going to be and obviously last night capital bank was only then there in case josh morsey was yeah. going to have some issues obviously josh morsey played almost 24 minutes capital bianco played four you know I and mean, that tells you you know how good you know josh morsey was feeling or at least good enough obviously to you know, basically pull a shifley from you know a couple nights earlier so um yeah i mean i'm it's tough, right? Because I know a lot of people want to see Billy, and I do too. Like I, I want to see what he can do, where he can take this team. Um, I, I think he's he, he's a very good addition on that back end. And like you said, I mean, you know, he he's a guy that will move the puck and and will get in on more plays the more his confidence grows. And I think you know the idea now that maybe he's sort of figured out like I can still play defense, I can play defense and still contribute on offense. I think that takes a lot of time for some defenseman to kind of figure out like. I think this took a lot of time for Mark Scheifele to figure out, right? Like I can play defense and still have, you know, 20 odd goals this year. I mean, that that's, you know, the, those are the things that some guys take years to learn or at least years of convincing, you know, to, yeah, that they can do this. So, yeah, I agree. And, you know, uh, but I just, I, I think, yeah, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's time to, you know, give Billy a little bit more of a runway here. 
Um, and, and maybe you put Dylan Sandberg in the box, uh, in the press box for a couple games, you know, for now. And then you wave Cal, Capo Bianco. But yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I think, you know, tomorrow will be the day. Well, it will be because I think you're going to see Schmidt, Ehlers, and probably, you know, well, all three of those and Cole Perfetti back in the lineup on Friday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What about Wheeler? Well, I mean, I don't know if he's ready yet. I mean, he it was so here's the I mean, uh, who knows? Wheeler could come out, and if Wheeler's ready to go, then what? I mean, then 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 you're putting pushing a lot of guys through through waivers, or or maybe not. Maybe you're only still pushing two. Um, but Wheeler, I mean, he was still in red, so uh, I, I'm I'm trying to still get a grasp on what that means with with Rick Bonus, because you know, yeah, he might not be able to take a contact today, but maybe he takes it, you know. On, uh, in tomorrow's practice on Thursday there, and, and then he plays. I mean, that's the thing with Wheeler is I think it's just, all right, I mean, it, it, am I okay if I took another puck right off the junk again? Uh, you know, am I going to, you know, am I going to be all right? I don't think he's ever going to take another puck the way he took that puck. So um, I think it's just comfort thing probably for Blake. Um, but, you know, it, it does look like at least three of them will be in on, on Friday. Um, and then they'll go from there. So... Scotty, yeah. great, it's great stuff as always. Um, Canada going to get this win this afternoon? Do you think? Oh, I mean, I want to say yes because I mean, you always want Canada to beat the U.S. I mean, that's just the way it goes. But I, I think they got to bring uh, they got to bring a certain style of game. I don't think they they got to be tighter than they were uh, than in that quarterfinal game against Slovakia. Because I mean, I think the U.S. just is a team that will make you pay a little bit. Um, you know. Uh, they'll make you pay. I mean, that's just the way it is. So um, they're going to need good goaltending and they're going to need Connor Bedard to be Connor Bedard. And there's no reason to think Bedard's not going to be Bedard. I mean, I mean, you just watch him play. It, we're going to talk absolutely about ridiculous, but yeah, we're going to get so, into Bedard right away with, uh, yeah. with Stephen Ellis from the daily face off it. Uh, I still can't I, believe what we saw the other day. <laughs> I mean, and, I, and as I said, if you thought the tanking was bad before this tournament, just yeah, wait till you see right what it. happens at the bottom of the National Hockey League. Well, now the they're next talking about bit. like Vancouver, right? Like Vancouver might as well just start tanking now to get the hometown kid. Right? Then they're going to win two in a row and they're going to think, oh, wait, maybe we can win the cup. It's, it's back and forth with Vancouver, much like the weather. Yeah. Uh, have a great one, Scotty. We'll do this again next week. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there's Scott Billick, our uh, pal from the Winnipeg Sun. Um, all right, we're going to uh, talk a little World Juniors, and then Mike McIntyre is going to join us. Uh, but do have to thank our friends at Royal Sports, the number one sports superstore around. Uh, many of you probably popped in and did some of your Christmas shopping there. But uh, hey, listen, I've got so much more winter to take advantage of. Skate Trail is going to be getting going right now. They've got inexpensive skates, casual skates as well, um, in addition to great skates for high-performance hockey and everything else when it comes to hockey, including thousands of sticks and more, not to mention your favorite NFL, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, soccer, merchandise. It's all there at Royal Sports. And make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Now, of course, we're now into 2023. And folks, new year, new you, thinking about an upgrade in the wardrobe department? Well, men, get on down to F Apparel, the spot for custom clothing at amazing prices at 190 Smith Street downtown. Custom suits beginning at just $400. 
And of course, guys, if you are involved in a wedding or a wedding party, talk to Andrew about the great deals for wedding parties where uh, you get a discount for everyone there as well as a free shirt or other options for you and uh, all the fellas in the wedding party. And great options as well for 2023 grads, whether they be high school graduates or university. All the information's there at F Apparel. Pop down and see Andrew and the gang at 190 Smith Street or online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And hey, if you're looking for a great spot to watch Canada, USA, which we're going to be talking about this afternoon, why not make it Boston Pizza? Actually, with the 5.30 kickoff time, you can still slide in under Appy Hour, which, of course, goes from 3 to 6 each and every day. Make sure to check out that new holiday menu, including the jalapeno popper dip and the mac and cheese burger. And, hey, if you're staying at home, you can get the great taste of Boston Pizza by ordering online citywide and uh, in most provinces in the, in the uh, communities in the province with the Boston Pizza online at bostonpizza.com. All right, Mike back with a little more Jets and sports talk later on, but let's welcome in the prospect analyst for Daily Faceoff, Stephen Ellis, to Winnipeg Sports Talk to get ready to drop the puck this afternoon on the semis of the World Junior. Stephen, what's up? Great to have you on the show. Busy time, fun time. How are you doing? No doubt. Hey, I got to give you and Frank and the gang, by the way, a big shout out. New site looks great. A little relaunch, as Frank said, doesn't look like NASCAR anymore, but uh, got to say, very clean right now. And uh, obviously, many of us, if you're playing any DFS or betting or um, an invaluable source, but a lot of other great stuff, including your work following prospects and men. Busy couple weeks for you following this World Junior and speaking to uh, all the great players, including many draft-eligible players that we'll be getting into. Yeah, it's been a blast. And uh, I, will, I will tack Frank, though, for that. I love NASCAR, so <laughs> NASCAR's great. So the, I hope that wasn't an actual insult. But yeah, no, the, the site's great. It's been awesome to be a part of that, and there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to make that work. And uh, uh, yeah, so a lot more content to come. Well, uh, you got a piece up there, and let's just get right to it. I mean, you know, we can talk about it all, a lot of other topics, but it's Connor Bedard and everything else and everybody else when it comes to this tournament. Um, I mean, what he did on, what was it, Tuesday night was, uh, or Monday night was, uh, <laughs> we'll be talking about that for years. I mean, the goal, the way he put the team on his back. But it's much more than just one highlight real goal. I mean, he is now into rarefied air, really history, making history. I mean, breaking all sorts of records, but doing it in such a dominating fashion. We know that this guy has been the number one prospect for the last couple of years. Doesn't always pan out that way. Uh, it, and, I, and I always say the term generational talent is so overused. Mm -hmm. I think it's appropriate when we're talking about Connor Bedard. Yeah, like it technically is the same generation as Connor McDavid, but like if heck, if he's the best, second best player in the world, I think whoever gets him is going to be extremely happy no matter what. This is a guy that I think kind of really came on the radar when he was like 12, 13 years old, um, which is a little absurd, but I think for a good reason. He was just so good, uh, dominated offensively everywhere he played. He had all the makings of a skilled player where he could he could shoot well, he could skate well, he was a great playmaker, and he could play defensively. Now we're starting to see a guy who's also not afraid to throw some hits, which I think is pretty entertaining, but this guy's the, the, the real deal. And talking to some NHL scouts, trying to get some comparisons, and, and most scouts don't like doing comparisons because it could kind of skew or, or cause a bias for a player that might not be a great way of comparing them. Like one comparison for Shane Wright early on was Sidney Crosby, and 
Sidney Crosby is Sidney Crosby. So I don't think that's a fair comparison. But if you're looking for Bedard, the names that come up are legitimately are, are Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, uh, Patrick Kane, Mitch Marner, like little parts of all those into one guy. So, like, yeah, truly, this guy is the real deal. Now, as far as, but like when you're talking to the NHL scouts, and uh, I know Grant McCagg's been on a few times uh, with us, and I saw a tweet from him saying, you know, he was talking to a few people that believe that Bedard next year, even on a garbage team, could probably score 40 in the NHL from the wing in his first year, not maybe having to worry too much about the responsibilities defensively of the center position. Um, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because he's got to be drafted and find out where he goes. But what do you think his potential is as an 18-year-old rookie in the National Hockey League based on what we've seen both at the junior level and in the competition like this playing against older players? I think if you were to put him in the NHL right now, he would actually probably have a top 10 shot in the league and it would probably be closer to Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Probably closer to five. Um, But this is a guy that I, I... First overall prospects get a lot of hype and there's a lot of attention to make sure like, oh, when they go, they got to go to the NHL right away. They got to be this big impactful player. And then you look at Lafreniere where he goes to the NHL right away after not playing a hockey game for eight months. I think that was a terrible decision for him to go to the NHL right away uh, and, and terrible for not to go to the juniors uh, in particular. Then you look at Shane Wright, obviously everything that's happened this year. When you look at Bedard, I have no issues with him going straight to the NHL because he just, what else would he have to accomplish in the WHL? Like if he played the whole season, didn't have to worry about the the world juniors, unless he even played on a slightly better team. This is a guy that could get 160, 170 points in the WHL. So he's ready. I think, uh, you know, the big people concern is people say, oh, well, he's not big. It's like, I don't, that doesn't matter for everybody. In fact, you look at a lot of smaller guys, they'll actually have pretty decent careers later in their careers because they're not uh, having to throw big hits. And that's not what you're looking for for Bedard. You're looking for a guy who produces offense. And I don't know if there's a prospect since McDavid, since Matthews that could produce the level he does. Now, uh, I mean, I could just sit here and talk about um, Bedard all day long. Um, But I'm interested in what you've thought about Fantilli um, because he, of course, is another draft-eligible player. And in bits, I mean, when I've seen him play, and I haven't watched the tournament as closely as, obviously, people like yourself, you see the elite skating along with the package that he brings, and you understand why he's such a tantalizing prospect. Um, Hasn't entirely clicked for him, though, so far. Is he playing maybe in a different role that he normally does? I mean... What are you and the scouts having to say about uh, what Adam Fantilli's done for his cause at the World Juniors? Well, kind of just as of late, he's been playing more in a checking role, which is not really what he does. He, before heading to camp, this was a guy that was looking at potentially the best freshman season for an undrafted prospect or a draft-eligible prospect, I should say, since Jack Eichel. Um, so he was putting up some pretty good numbers. Uh, I followed him from a young age because he almost got exceptional status to the OHL the same year Shane Wright did. Um, and I think that's something that's kind of overlooked. It's just how good of a prospect he was kind of valued early on. And I think that he's, he's got the size that you're looking for. He's got a good shot. Um, he can, he can play physical. He can be dominant around the net. I think though with this team, they haven't really used him in that role, which I get this team had a lot of offensive depth and he started in the top six. It wasn't working. They put, they, they swap lines around 
and Bedard goes on that line instead. And obviously, we're seeing what Bedard's been doing ever since. Uh, so Fantilli's just kind of been the odd man out. I think if he was playing in this tournament next year, uh, which I'm not convinced he would, uh, he'd be the number one centerman. I think he'd be playing such a big role. But uh, I think just the fact there's so much depth and there's some NHL like guys that have played in the NHL already that play the same position ahead of him. He was just kind of the guy that had to get shuffled out. So I, I'm not too worried about it. We see this from time to time where one prospect kind of just blows everyone out from the water and a number two prospect doesn't do as much, but they are playing kind of different roles on the same team. Is he still the number two prospect in your mind going into the draft? And uh, maybe if so, uh, fill us in on who's behind that of draft eligible players that are participating in this tournament. He's number two, I, I still think. Uh, Leo Carlson's put in a good argument for that. He's been really good in the Swedish men's league, which is hard to do as a young player. Uh, one that I really was impressed with was uh, David Reinbacher uh, on Austria, and you probably wouldn't notice it much because Austria got obliterated every game. But, uh, you know, you watch him today against Latvia, he was the best player on the ice, and he was the best player for Austria every game he played. He's put himself in the first-round conversation. One guy that I really it's too bad we're missing him is Matt Vemichkov from Russia because the battles that he and Bedard had at the U18s a couple of years ago was out of this world. It was like you you would have not believed it if you didn't watch it, how good of a battle that was between those two guys all tournament long. And to see him not be able to participate in this tournament, obviously because of what's gone on in Russia. Um, hey, let me ask you this about Mishkov quickly, sort of interrupt. If he was Canadian um and you know was under basically the same circumstances as the other players that we're talking about right now exact same player how close would he be to bedard and would he be the number two guy in the draft it's so tough just because the way the pathways of where Mitchkov got to where he's been playing pro hockey for a few years but i, I think for sure we, we'd be this was a guy that before the season was still number two and there was legitimate talk as a number one i think if he was pl probably playing here this whole time uh, I think maybe he's putting up the same numbers as as Bedard. They're slightly different players. Um, he's not big himself, but he's truly one of the most skilled players I've ever seen. Maybe the most skilled Russian in particular. This is a guy that one time attempted three lacrosse goals in the same game, and I think he got two of them. So uh, he's he's an incredible talent. It's a shame kind of what's going on, but uh, because he, he we won't get to see him at the international level. But I still have hope that he's one of the best prospects for this draft. I think maybe if we're talking a couple years from now, he's maybe the third or fourth best. You know, it'll be fascinating to see how NHL teams handle that and how far his situation, because of course he is signed, I think, till 2026. Now you could buy a team out, but there's a lot more baggage that comes along with that. And then obviously everything that's happening geopolitically, it does not help his cause as well. Um, all that being said, some incredible draft eligible prospects in this tournament right now. And then we move on to the semifinals and let's focus in on Canada and the USA. I mean, for all the brilliance of Connor Bedard, um, this team barely got past the Slovaks while the U.S. was absolutely thumping their opponent. Um, Canada, of course, is going to be a favorite. I think that will just happen when the Canadian jerseys are on in a tournament like this on home ice. But how close of a toss-up do you think this matchup is? And uh, what are the keys to Canada other than Connor Bedard being Connor Bedard getting past the Yanks this afternoon? Well, I think the one thing is yeah, Canada can at least claim they beat Slovakia because the Americans did lose to Slovakia and they were quite outplayed uh, in that uh, game early in the tournament. But I think since then, the Americans have just played a much better uh, team game. Uh, their defense has been hit or miss, but when they're on, they've got probably the best defense group in the tournament. And that's something Canada has really struggled with, has been playing their own zone. Um, offensively, 
Jimmy Snuggerud, Logan Cooley, um, Ruger McGrody. Those guys have all been fantastic. And the goaltending has been really good. Trey Augustine, he's a 20, uh, 23 draft prospect. He's 17 years old. He's the youngest starting goalie in this tournament. Um, so I think in this case, it's just one team's bigger stars have to outplay the team, other team's biggest stars because they do match up and they kind of cancel each other out. I think Thomas Millich has been good for Canada. And when Canada's defense is rock solid like they were against Sweden, I think there's less of a concern. So uh, I, I think this is something where I'm still giving the edge to Canada in pure skill, but the Americans, I feel this this kind of feels disappointed this is not the championship game. Yeah, I think that will be uh, that will be. And what about the uh, the other one, which is going to be get actually getting underway probably as we uh, as we're talking about right now. Uh, Sweden the favorite in this one. You expect to see the Swedes in the gold medal game? Well, it's uh, currently in the first intermission. I was watching it right before getting on here. I'm not totally sure if anyone scored, but I'm going actually with the the Czechs. The Czechs have just looked much better. And if you look at Sweden, they they were losing that game against Finland until like the final two minutes and scored two quick goals and it was game over. So Sweden's got a lot to worry about. Their offense hasn't been clicking like we thought they would after playing Austria. Uh, their defense is, I'd say, probably their biggest weakness. Uh, the goaltending, I think, for Sweden and Czechia both kind of – they they – cancel each other out they're both really good um but the checks are just playing better as a unit and i think they're getting all the lines to contribute and uh their defense i don't know if there's been a team that can utilize the the blue line for offense like the check so i'm handing it to the checks right now again i'm not totally sure if there's a score yet but yeah, zero zero after one right now they're at the intermission there you go so it was a very good first period from what i saw Hey, um, before we go, let me ask you from a prospect standpoint and we've talked about carlson and a couple of the big guys but is there a player or two that has really been able to boost their draft stock amongst scouts with their performance here at the World Juniors. For sure, and it's actually going to be a re-entry guy and Adam Gayon, the, the Slovak goalie. We all saw what he did with 53 saves against <laughs> Canada. But, that the, you know, he had a few games like that. He stole the game against the Americans. Where, where is that guy playing? Definitely. Chippewa? Like, what league is that? He played in the NHL, which is like the second tier of uh, junior hockey in the States. And now he, he moved to the USHL and he will play in the NCAA next year. He's a guy that played in the Slovak U20 league. And talking to scouts, no one knew who he was. The Slovak national team did not know who he was until a couple of days before leaving for uh, for Halifax and Moncton. So he's been kind of just unbelievable. And his body of work this year shows it's not just a couple good games. This is a guy who has legitimate potential. He's six foot four, too. So uh, I think he's going to get drafted. Well, tell you what, first things first, we'll see uh, how uh, things go this afternoon. I guess I just have to quickly ask you, you mentioned Rucker McGrory. Jets have three first-rounders playing this the event. What did you see from Rucker, Chaz Lucius, and Brad Lambert on Team Finland? Well, I think uh, the two Americans have been awesome. They've been huge pieces of this team. Obviously, Lucius came in. He was hurt. He didn't really participate much in camp, and it was a question of, how valuable he was going to be to this team, but he's been great. Uh, and McGordy, obviously, uh, he's such a skilled player. It's unfair that the Jets have those two guys in their system. Uh, Brad Lambert, though, I'm going to be writing about him soon. I was very unimpressed with his tournament, and there's just a lot of things there that concern me. I was very on the high on the Brad Lambert train a couple of years ago. This is a guy that just the effort concerns me. He had one point in the entire tournament, and that he was just non-existent against Sweden. Uh, he was a guy who needed to stand up, and he didn't. What what is what is it? I mean, because I mean, we remember that Lambert, you know, in the summer, in that event, wasn't even in the lineup for the last couple of games with everything on the line. I mean, is this just uh, 
he doesn't fit within the the framework of the national junior team or is there more to it because certainly at I mean when we saw him at training camp here we've seen him at times with the Manitoba Moose I mean he has all world skill and talent and you know in a tournament like this you would think that this would be a perfect opportunity to really show it off but that hasn't been the case and he's got the experience of playing on North American ice, so he knows the smaller angles and he could use that speed to his advantage. But he kind of had a rough go before heading to the tournament in Manitoba. And then obviously not, not a great tournament here. And, and that summer tournament just I sometimes forgot he was playing. So that's a guy that, again, so much talent, but if you could put it together, it, it's a different story. The issue is actually making that making a complete 60 game. And I don't think he's been able to do that in a long time. And uh, so I, I am a little concerned. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been uh, a lot of fun having you on the program, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about Cannon and Connor Bedard. One more chance to see Bedard wearing the red and white in the final, but uh, should be a great one against the USA. Stephen Ellis is the associate editor and prospect analyst for Daily Faceoff. Say hi to Frank and the gang, and uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, uh, Mike McIntyre is going to be jumping on with us in just a minute. But, of course, I have to give a huge thanks to our great friends at Princess Auto for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, great sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as well. And, of course, Manitoba's top, top curling teams, including Reed Carruthers and Team Jennifer Jones. And Princess also, as you mostly know, is uh, the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new, is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Pant Road, Portage Avenue West, of course, National Headquarters right here in Winnipeg as well. Or you can shop online and get those wheels turning on your next project 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Uh, big happy new year to our friends at Culligan Water who have been the water experts in the peg as a family-owned business for over 65 years with everything you and your family need, water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. The Culligan experts are at 1200 Sargent. You can phone them up at 694-5180 or find out all their products and services and what they can do for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And uh, speaking of New Year's, I know there was many people enjoying the great taste of Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey over the course of the holidays. As you get into 2023 and you're making that next trip to Manitoba Liquor Marts, make sure to get the good stuff, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Canadian Club. And keep an eye on, uh, on those Jim Beam displays for remaining quantities of the Blue Bomber Collector Glass set Jack Caleros, Adam Big Hill, Nick Dembski, available for free with a purchase of Jim Beam at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get back to the Jets and more of the big stories of the day with Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Michael, what's up? Best of the season to you and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Huss. Uh, life is good. Sunny outside. I got two snoozing pups uh, beside me or around me here in the in the living room and uh, maybe they'll wake up and make a make a cameo and hey if you're a Jets fan uh, teams won three in a row bunch of players are coming back into the lineup uh, what's what's there to complain about no doubt about it should be a fun night tonight with the skills competition as well um, and uh, vibes are good around the Winnipeg Jets they really have been throughout this season 
Um, but I know there was maybe a little bit of concern the way things ended going into Christmas and then uh, loss at home to the Minnesota Wild in the 27th. But, man, what a week for the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Bouncing back, running the gauntlet of Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary with wins against all three teams and now back to 11 games above 500 and comfortably in second in the Central Division, Mike. Oh, we just dropped Mike. Straight it's at the back. End. It's back to the uh, back to the all Canadian division, uh, just like uh, just like a, a couple of years ago. And the Jets, of course, fared pretty well that season um, in the modified Canadian division. And they, as you say, they had a great week. You think back to just last Thursday afternoon, Huss. They had lost three in a row. You know, Calgary and Edmonton, although they're not in the same division, the Jets were on the verge of falling into the wild card position out of the top three. You know, uh, Colorado and Minnesota were hot on their heels. Um, uh, and, and so Calgary and Edmonton were suddenly, you know, teams that they were trying to keep at bay. And even Vancouver had gone on a little bit of a run by their standards. And, you know, they were now within within shot of the Jets. So three losses in a row and the team still was without seven regulars, Cole Perfetti being the latest. Things could have gone South in a hurry, um, had, had they not performed over these last three games. Instead, the Jets really tightened up. You know, the penalty kill has been tremendous. Pretty much won them that game. Um, well, there's Piper uh, coming in for a, a cameo. Uh, the, the, the PK pretty much won them the game in Edmonton. And then a couple of real solid home performances. I mean, Connor Hellebuck is playing like Connor Hellebuck. Um, but, you know, now three wins in a row. Suddenly, Calgary and Edmonton are quite a bit further back now in the rear view mirror. The Jets are back to being quite comfortably in that top three uh, in in the Central Division. And Vancouver now is pretty much, you know, uh, out of the picture when it comes to the Jets. So, yeah, life moves fast. Things can change in a hurry. And the Jets rattling off three straight uh, was big for the the confidence and obviously big for their lot in the standings. You know, I don't want to, I mean, we're going to get into, you know, the players coming back and what other moves are going to be made um, to accommodate that. But I don't want to skip over Connor Hellebuck because um, I thought that he was just so brilliant to finish off 2022, Mike. And he started off the new year the way he finished it off. It was, I mean, it was a great goaltending duel, really, for the first couple periods. I thought Jacob yeah. Markstrom made some monster saves as well. Um, but this is a guy that, and it's hard to even quantify the confidence level that he gives his team and his, the coaching staff, considering that, you know, when Hellebuck is on, which is pretty much every night, you are going to be given a chance to win. He'll hold you in even if things don't go well for a particular period of time. And, I mean, to me, there's been so many great stories about this team. It's easy to almost overlook just how good he has been all season long, but especially as of late on this run. Well, you know, and the national audience got to see it once again on Saturday night on New Year's Eve, where I think we would all agree the other Connor, McDavid, is the best player in the game, but it was Winnipeg's Connor. Two Connor Connors Hellebuck. are better than one, Mike. Exactly. And uh, and the other Connor the Jets have, Kyle Connor, he's pretty good too. Something about that name, uh, you know, whether it's the first or last name, creates pretty good hockey players. And oh, that... That Bedard kid um, isn't bad either. So uh, if you, hey, 
note to parents out there, if you, if you want a, a future <laughs> hockey star, just name your kid Connor. Uh, seems to be the magic formula. But you're right. I mean, one thing that really has helped Connor Hellebuck, I think, has the schedule has really kind of um, eased up. And, you know, the Jets, Connor Hellebuck and the Jets, they were playing a lot of hockey in December. Of course, David Riddick ended up playing a few more games. Hellebuck had that spell where well, he got Big save, sick. Dave's been great. I mean, outside of that first 20 minutes in Vegas, I think he has been everything the Jets could have wanted, um, you know, to get out of it. And you mentioned the schedule, Mike. Let me just point out, I mean, two days off before a big game against Tampa, you'd have yep. to assume that he gets in there. Normally, I would think that, okay, well, maybe Big Save Dave gets in there on Sunday, but it's one of those afternoons. I mean, we've been calling Connor Hellebuck Mr. Matinee for a yeah. long time. He seemingly never loses in the afternoon for the most part. And then you get into three and four with back-to-backs in Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So I do wonder, does Connor run these next few starts before the back-to-backs? It might be a little long before Riddish gets back in, but it's hard to pull him out right now when he's playing the way he is and the team's winning. For sure. I mean, I, I, I personally think there's a very good chance Riddish plays on Sunday for no other reason, Huss, that Rick Bonus said earlier in the year that he doesn't want to go more than about seven or maybe 10 days between starts for the backup. Um, this Friday will mark two weeks since Riddich last took the net. And if Connor Hellebuck does kind of run the table on these next games, really the next game Riddich is, is slated for is that Friday game next Friday uh, in Pittsburgh after the uh, the game in Buffalo the night before. But that would then be three full weeks between games. I don't know if that's, you know, what the Jets want. Um, maybe they do. You know, at this point, um, like you say, it's not like Connor Hellebuck is, is being overtaxed or looking tired. And, you know, he's got it down to a real science, Huss, and he works really well with Wade Flaherty and the coaching staff. For example... Connor Hellebuck didn't take the morning skate yesterday. Um, and I think a big reason for that is the Jets did something the day before that they haven't been able to do a whole lot of, which is practice. And so Connor Hellebuck obviously got the work that he felt he needed in the day before. So he takes the morning off, which we don't see a whole lot of. But again, the Jets schedule hasn't lent itself to a lot of practice lately. So whatever Connor Hellebuck's doing, uh, obviously, you know, it ain't broke, so you're not going to try and fix it. Um, but I am curious to see if Redditch potentially gets the net this Sunday afternoon. You know, it would give Connor Hellebuck a few extra days between. We know he's playing next Tuesday, Huss, in Michigan. There's no chance, you know, the, the Jets play one game a year in his home state. He's getting that game. Uh, and then he'll obviously play one of the two back to backs. Presumably, he'd get the first game in Buffalo next Thursday. But, you know, if the Jets wanted to give him an extra couple days, it's possible that, that Riddich plays Sunday afternoon. And as you say, it's not like David Riddich has done anything to not inspire confidence. So, you know, I, I think you could probably look to that as, as you know, a good time to get him in. Regardless, uh, the Jets are playing well uh, lately. Doesn't matter really who's in net. The system that they have, you know, they're playing it, to a T and what this team has us is a, a formula. They have a recipe for success. One that doesn't really seem to matter who's on what line, who's in or out of the lineup. Um, it goes back to what Rick bonus has been preaching from the start. I suppose the next challenge now, if you're the jets 
and I'd file this under really good problems to have. How do you integrate now an, an infusion of talent that's going to come back, you know, seemingly all at once with potentially three guys coming in on Friday? You got to make sure, obviously, that, that you're not getting away from what's worked so well. And that'll be a challenge for Rick Bonus and the players. Uh, well, let's talk about that. Um, let, I mean, we were just talking goalies. Let's move from the net out and start on the blue line. I mean, I think everyone has been, I certainly have been really impressed with Vili Hainala, and he continues yeah. to raise his game, his comfort level, his confidence, his effectiveness in both ends every time out. Um, he'll be a tough guy to pull out of the uh, out of the lineup right now, Mike. Um, Nate Schmidt is coming back. Uh, as far as the blue line goes, how do you see this shaking out in the short term, like over the next week when uh, Schmidt's back? Yeah, to me, that's the toughest call of all. No disrespect to the forwards. Um, you know, I, I think Rick Bonus probably wouldn't lose a ton of sleep over who comes out on the forward group. But Vili is a really interesting case because I think Huss, we're seeing we're seeing what we thought would happen if you started to play Vili Hainala on a consistent basis. And that is he's getting more and more comfortable with each game. And this bit of a run, and even Brendan Dillon talked about it post-game last night, that, you know, with a young player like that, um, he just needs a little bit of runway. And, you know, I thought he was tremendous last night. And one thing, you know, forget about the the assist on, on the game winner, which was a great play and great shot by him. Sam Gagne gave him credit. One thing I really liked from Billy's game last night was his physicality, which... Um, you know, he was not intimidated at all by a Calgary team that, let's face it, is one of the most physical in the NHL. They got a bunch of guys, especially forwards, that that forecheck really hard, um, take no prisoners approach. We saw a lot of big hits again last night. David Gustafson was on the receiving end of a few, you know, absolute crunchers. Vili Hainala gave as much as he got, and that was impressive. Um and, and had to, you know, really make Rick Bonus and the coaching staff think there's more to this player than maybe they've seen already. So, you know, Nate Schmidt comes in, and I think we all assume that Billy's the guy that comes out since there's that similar offensive role. But I don't know. I mean, do you potentially take Dylan Sandberg, who I, I, I love what Dylan Sandberg brings, but, you know, I, I think there's been parts of Dylan Sandberg's game over the last couple of weeks where, you know, he's made some mistakes. Maybe he could benefit from, uh, you know, a game or two in the press box. Maybe there's a rotation that comes into play here over the next bit with, with Sandberg and, and Hanela, depending on, you know, matchup and opponent. I just think at this point, if you just now rip Vili Hanela out of the lineup and say, you know, great job, but back to the moose you go, I just be a little worried about what that says to the player, what that kind of impact it could have. And I'm not sure that that's the automatic move that happens. Um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see at practice tomorrow, assuming Nate Schmidt's ready to go, you know, what the D pairs look like and and what the plan is for Billy. I'm with you on, um, on his performance last night and the way he handled the physicality of Calgary. I mean, I, I really think that that was the reason why he wasn't in the lineup on the 27th against the Minnesota Wild. I mean, at times, Billy 
and he's certainly not the only one on the blue line, but when you think about him, his size, his makeup, I mean, he's great when he's got the puck, but yeah. you know, when you got a Ryan Reeves bowling you over, I mean, how effective will you be? But I think even more so, and we heard it from Rick Bonus last night with how impressed he was on the decision-making and what he was able to do in both ends. And I'm sort of with you. I mean, this is a very, very good problem to have. And uh, the one thing I will say is Rick Bonus needs and will make decisions on what he thinks. This is not a development league. He's not trying to develop players. He's trying to win hockey games right now. And right. he'll put the lineup card with the guys, the six best guys that I think gives him the best chance to win. But considering what we heard from Rick Bonus at the start of the year, our deer coming wants the defense to be more activated and watch what Billy's done with this most recent opportunity. Um, you can certainly make the argument, and I will, that Philly Hano is probably in the Jets' top six right now. And that being said, it is somewhat of a luxury right now with some really quality players that might not be in the lineup or potentially even on the roster because Logan Stanley's going to come back at some point. And, you know, I do wonder if the – well, I'll ask you this. So we were talking about with with Billick earlier. Has the ascendance of Hanel and the way he's played, has that given them enough confidence – to keep Billy on the roster potentially at the expense of exposing and maybe even losing Kyle Capabianco on waivers if he's the odd man out? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And, you know, I still think the Jets are more likely to, to carry – if they were going to go that route uh, and they want to keep Billy around, then maybe they go with 8D once everybody's healthy and, and just the one extra forward in the mix – um, but, you know, and, and clearly they've been worried about losing Capo Bianco all season because, you know, going back to camp, it was Kovacevic that was put on waivers, not Capo Bianco. Um, and even though Kyle Capo Bianco hasn't played a whole lot, I think they really like, they really like him as that guy, you know, that, that can go weeks without playing, that puts in the extra work you know, with the other scrubs, the other scratches after practice and doesn't, you know, complain about it. You're not stunting his development. You know, he's 25, almost 26. He's a bit of a journeyman. He doesn't need to play games. You know, you're not worried about what it means for his future. You are obviously with Billy. And I think, again, it goes back. It feels like we, we've been saying this now for a, a couple of years about Billy. If he's not in your top six, He's better off with the moose as, you know, your number one guy because he's, you know, yeah, there's some benefit to practicing, although the Jets haven't practiced a whole lot. Uh, but sure, there's benefits to being around the team and there's a benefit to your paycheck, Huss. You know, a lot of people always say, oh, I feel so bad for Billy. He's up with the Jets, but he's not playing. Well, you know what? His paycheck, uh, don't feel sorry for what that looks like because that's about 90% higher uh, every day that he's up with the Jets. But that being said, he needs to play. Um, I just think he's now shown enough in this short run here. I'd be intrigued to continue to give him a run, even with Nate Schmidt back. And going back to your point, Huss, that Billy plays the kind of game that Rick Bonus wants. And again, Exhibit A is last night's game winner. He generated the game-winning goal with a great low shot from the point and Sam Gagne doing what Rick bonus has been saying his team needs to do a lot of that's become a bread and butter of the jets. And it never used to be they were a perimeter team. 
we used to see the Jets give up those goals all the time. The the tips, the deflections. You know, Brendan Dillon, as he said after the game, that one went off his ass last night. And what's Brendan Dillon doing standing in front of the net? Well, he's the deer coming, as Rick Bonus said. So he jumps up. He said that he saw Mark Shifley was covering at the point. Brendan Dillon goes to the net. He's a big body. And Dylan DeMello, of all people, gets the puck to him and, and it goes in off his butt into the net. I mean, how many times have we seen the Jets get burned by those kind of goals? Now they're the team that is leaving the opponents kind of scratching their head about the kind of goals Winnipeg's scoring. So in that sense, Billy adds to the weaponry that the Jets have. Um, and, and why would you, you know, can you have too much of a good thing? I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you still have to worry about things like penalty kill and, you know, the physical element. But if you feel like you have enough to still take care of that, plus have a weapon like Billy Hanel in the lineup, uh, I, I don't see at this point how you go away from that. They've won three in a row, uh, and, and he's played great in all three of those games. No, it's a great, great point. Mike McIntyre, the free press, is with us. It's even more interesting up front because Cole Perfetti is going to be coming back into that lineup. Blake Wheeler's coming back. And maybe most importantly of all, Nikolai Ehlers is scheduled to return after missing the entire season outside of the first two games of the year. And there's a potential they all come back at once, Mike. I mean, guys that weren't here or weren't really in the plans before include Christian Reichel, the most recent recall, who was playing with Connor and Dubois oh, last night. Yeah, Carson Kuhlman, who has come on waivers and essentially been a mainstay in the top six playing with Mark Shifley since he arrived from Seattle. You've got Mikey Essamont, who was the odd man out last night when they went to 11 and seven and has been in the press box a little bit more often than he was earlier. Axel Johnson Fialbi has come over on waivers. And the one guy that I think, and this is, I said this a couple weeks ago early on when he showed up, but I've been more and more confident of this take is Kevin Stenlin ain't going, going anywhere, anywhere right now. No. Um, now, he may move down to the fourth line. He might play with Lowry. He could maybe bounce David Gustafson to the wing or potentially to the press box. But I'm pretty sure Stenny's sticking around. So when push comes to shove and guys either need to be put on waivers or cleared out, who are the... Uh, who are the unfortunate ones that don't have a spot? Yeah, to, to start with your point on Stenlin, agreed. He's not going anywhere. And, you know, I'm looking at, imagine Huss in a week or so, once Wheeler's back and Ehlers and Perfetti, and those guys are all presumably going back into the top six. You potentially could have a third line of like Larry, Barron, and Stenlin. And what an absolute handful those three big men could be, you know, as a I'd be one of the biggest lines in the league for sure. And, you know, there's some offense there, but that wouldn't be their prime goal. Now your top six is loaded um, because you, you've got Ehlers and Wheeler and, and Perfetti back in. Um, and now you've got a big, I mean, that the, the, the season began with Mason Appleton with Barron and Lowry. Now you'd say have Stentlin potentially in there. And then your fourth line, I think we assume Gustafson is remaining in the lineup. You know, Sam Gagne, uh, again, the guy, you know, he's, I think, exceeded expectations. And he could be a guy that every now and then you spell him off, you know, but he's a perfect kind of fourth-line guy. And then, you know, who else is is on that fourth? Like, you got Saku Manalainen, who's on his way back and was was really kind of picking up his game and, and also was on that third line for a while 
you know, and could be a fit. It could be Manalainen with Barron and Lowry. And then we haven't even mentioned Mason Appleton either. And I know he's probably a little bit further off, but I mean, one of the great stories of this club for anyone that's been paying close attention to beginning of the season has been how so many guys that were either out of the mix or sort of afterthoughts have gotten chances and made the most of them, Mike. And I mean, this must be, these are really, really tough calls right now. I mean, both from a personal standpoint of what the guys have brought in, but also in exposing assets, uh, whether you know it comes to waivers. I mean, Reichel was the last guy to come up. I assume that he's probably gone. Essamon probably finds himself uh, on waivers. Kuhlman's interesting because if they did put him on, Seattle can grab yes. him back and send him to Coachella Valley. Essentially, you're losing him, and now he's no longer part of the option. I would imagine that he'll stick around long enough when the big boys come back to get a run and a look in what was probably the original plan for him to be playing in a bottom six role. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with you on Gus being in the lineup anymore. I mean, if Kevin Stenland is not on Lowry's line, if Menelainen's back and he gets back into that spot, I think we're talking about Kevin Stenland centering that second line. And the question is, does Gus have a spot on the wing or is he potentially in the press box? Because it's been very clear since the day Stenland got here that Rick Bonus has way more confidence in Stenland, first and foremost in the face-off dot. And we know how important that is to Bones, especially with the struggles of some of his other centers. Stenland was out in the final minute last night taking draws. You're right. He's... uh... And that's an area that the Jets, you know, have been trying to improve on. And he's helped for sure in that department. Uh, we we have seen Gustafson, of course, move to the wing. Stenlin at it for a time was centering that fourth line and Gustafson moved over to the wing. Uh, and, you know, again, we go down the list. I, I don't think Axel Janssen Fialbi's going back on waivers. He's played um, some if, of his best hockey of the season since he was sat in the press box a few weeks ago. I, sure. I have loved his game in the last two weeks. And Rick Bonus loves the speed, you know, that he brings and obviously the forecheck. He, again, he, there's no, there's not much offense there at all, but that's not his role. Um, they've more than, than had enough offense this year, even with some big guns out of the lineup. And now that they're getting the likes of Ehlers and Perfetti and soon Wheeler back, um, they don't need Axel Janssen Fialbi. I mean, sure, the occasional chip in here or there is nice. They need him to be hard on the forecheck. Obviously, the penalty kill, which has been hugely improved, and he's a big part of that. Um, you know, that there are so many options, Haas. You're right. And, you know, so it may mean that a guy like Christian Reichel, as capable as he's filled in on the top six, uh, he might be the one that quickly goes back to the moose, and it would almost feel unfair um, and through no fault of anything he's done, it's just they they now are a lot deeper than they probably thought. Maybe they did think they were that deep. I don't know. Uh, I don't think we thought they were that deep when it comes to, you know, the talent pool. And we, part of that is we didn't know a lot of these guys. We didn't know Saku Manalain and we didn't know Kevin Stenlin when he signed in the offseason. Obviously, Kuhlman and Fialbi were waiver picker, pickups. Um, we didn't know Michael Esamont uh, had the kind of game, you know, that that he has. And I, I think Esamont's probably going back. I mean, the writing's on the wall that he was the one healthy scratch last night. And again, he hasn't done anything wrong, per se. He's just maybe, you know, we're seeing maybe the law of diminishing returns a little bit on this guy. Uh, but I think he, there's still an NHL player there. Um, and he he could go back down to the moose, assuming another team doesn't, 
grab him, and that's going to be a risk, obviously, for the Jets, um, and, and be a valuable contributor potentially again down the stretch should the injury bug bite. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a great problem to have. The Jets are, are deeper than we thought. And it's why a guy like Jansen Harkins is now back with the Moose. Um, one thing I'll say about Rick Bonus, Huss, that's become very clear, that's different from, say, the past under Paul Maurice. It almost used to be a rule that kind of last guy up, first guy back down, right? Didn't matter how the guy played. There was a... They, there was a pecking order, and there wasn't a lot of movement um, to that order, rightly or wrongly. We've seen, though, under Rick Bonus, there can absolutely be movement, and Jansen Harkins is exhibit A of that. This is He was pretty much the first guy called up when all these injuries started to happen. He's now been passed by a ton of guys, Reichel, Stenland, Asamont, Kuhlman, who was, wasn't even with the team when when Harkins got called back up and we're not even talking about Dominic Toninato, who also was here at one point and again, has been passed by all these other guys that, you know, when you, when you made a depth chart at the beginning of the year would not have been ahead of him. So it just shows. And I think the message that Rick bonus has sent to his group is a real good one. It, and, and it goes back to what we we're saying about Billy, that if you play well, uh, we'll find room for you somehow. And, you know, the Jets, as much as they're going to try and stick to that message, they may be at a point here now where they almost, they don't have room for everyone that's played well just because they're going to get so many guys back at once. No, it is a great point. It is a good problem to have. And uh, as I say, I mean, first and foremost, the record is what's important and the Jets continue to win and uh, continue yeah. to push themselves towards the midway point of the season in a comfortable playoff spot. But there's been a lot of guys that have had a hand in that. And um, listen, both from a coaching perspective and certainly from a general manager's perspective, they want to keep these guys. And part of the reason why it might be unfortunate for a Reichel or even a Sandberg or Hanel, if they do get sent down because of, you know, being Waiver. ineligible for waivers yeah is the fact that I know we always live in the moment and it's all about the game and the next lineup. I think the Winnipeg Jets know that if they are going to make a splash come playoff time, everyone is going to be called upon sure. and everyone is going to be needed. I mean, they've been relatively healthy on the blue line, minus the Stanley injuries and what's recently happened to Nate Schmidt. It's been a very different story with the forward group. That could absolutely change in the second half of the season. So um, maybe not it's important, I think, not to take too much from these immediate moves other than the fact that if a player is picked up off on waivers, they might not be coming back. And yeah. um, and that, you know, and I wonder about Kyle Capobianco, whether he would be a player that would get selected. We know the need for defense in and around the league in a lot of markets, um, you know, at a relatively low salary. And as far as the forwards right now, I mean, Kuhlman did get picked up by the Winnipeg Jets. If he goes on, does Seattle quickly snap him back up? Is there yeah. someone else that makes a claim? Um, and even a player like Mikey Mikey Esamont. So um, all of that will flesh itself out over the course of the next few days. What uh, What's Piper's take? Who does uh, who does Piper have uh, being the uh, so big... So let me, uh, uh, of course, those listening on the podcast won't be able to see this this absolute adorableness, but this is Piper and Bodie. She's actually using him as a pillow right now. <laughs> so she's on his back and, and he just, he's a great pillow to have. So yeah, that is, uh, 
that's kind of life around here. The dog days of January, I guess, is what we're in. Hey, let me ask you a question, Huss, just about the, the, the top six for a second. How do you think Rick Bonus once Blake Wheeler's back, does he go back to how he started the season? And and people may forget how they started the season because it only lasted two games. You'll recall that Mark Shifley was put with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, and everybody saw that as the, the, the goodwill gesture towards Mark Shifley, right? Put him with the two most dynamic wingers on the team. Um, that line was destined for great things. I remember writing a, a training camp story in BAM. They could be one of the best lines in the NHL, I wrote, and, and I believe that. Uh, but it lasted two games. Ehlers got hurt. He's been out for the last 30-plus games. Do you potentially go back to that, which would mean splitting Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor? Hard no. And, and of course, Dubois started the year with, with um, Wheeler and Perfetti. I, I agree with you. I don't think at this point you're splitting uh, Dubois and, and Connor up. I think you're probably playing Shifley and Ehlers together. So maybe is it Shifley Wheeler Ehlers? Is it Shifley Perfetti Ehlers? Uh, Ehler and Wheeler with Dubois and Connor. I mean, again, good problems to have. Uh, a lot of choices there, but I, I'll be really interested to see. And we won't cross that bridge immediately because Blake Wheeler is going to be a little bit further back be, be, behind Perfetti and Ehlers. But I think Blake Wheeler could be back in a week or so when we're on the road trip next week. Um, you know, and and so I'll, I'll be really interested to see what Rick Bonus does with that top six. Well, I, I, I'm with you. And first of all, I'm, I'm a hard no on splitting up 80 and 81. I mean, those guys are just too effective together. And essentially, you can almost put, with all due respect, anybody with those guys. They have put almost and anybody. That's exactly right. <laughs> and um, they continue, um, you know, to be the top two scorers up front for the Winnipeg Jets so far this season. What I'm interested in, and let's get to this, Nikolai Ehlers activated for Friday. Even without Blake Wheeler in the mix, does he roll with Mark Shifley or does he get up on the line with Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois? The one thing we've seen, and and this is, I mean, I'm not sure why this is, but there have been some players in the past that just haven't really gelled well with Ehlers despite everything that he does on the ice, all the great analytics. It hasn't always been a great fit. Um and Pierre-Luc Dubois has been one of those guys, if you recall. Yeah, I mean, they right. played together a lot, and it hasn't always worked. Certainly nothing like it's happening with Connor right now. Yeah. But again, the opportunity to put Ehlers in a position like that, you would think that it should work. Is that where they start? Or <laughs> do they put Ehlers with Mark Shifley and potentially Cole Perfetti as well and then have the opportunity for Wheeler to slide in and maybe even be the guy on that uh, Dubois, Dubois line, Connor line yeah. going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance because I think one thing you probably want to do is keep Cole Perfetti potentially on the left side. I mean, they, you know, it, and again, the Jets almost by necessity at times have had to move him to the right side because the right side's been decimated, um, obviously, with the likes of Wheeler and Ehlers and Appleton getting hurt. Uh, but Cole Perfetti seems more comfortable on the left. So, you know, playing, having, Connor and Perfetti being your two left wingers, Ehlers and Wheeler being your two right wingers, and then Dubois and Shifley, your two centers. Um, I do think Huss, Ehlers slides probably back with Shifley right off the hop here, and maybe, as you say, Perfetti as well. It would allow Adam Lowry, who's been playing left wing with Mark Shifley, to go back 
to the third line. Then the question becomes, as you said earlier, what do you do with Kevin Stenland? Does he go back to the fourth line to center that, or does he slide to the wing with Lowry? Um, you know, there, there will be a domino effect for sure. And again, going back to your question earlier, what does it mean for guys like Kuhlman and Reichel? Do they go down to the fourth line? Do they come right out of the lineup? Does Reichel go right back to the moose? Um, a lot of decisions that, uh, that will have to be made. And uh, we should get a hint, I would think, you know, at tomorrow's practice. Uh, the Jets, they are skating tonight, as you mentioned off the top, but it's the skills competition. So uh, a lot of fun will be had, uh, but we won't get any uh, real hint of, of any lineup decisions looming. Um, but uh, it should be an interesting few days. And, uh, you know, great opponent in town on, on Friday. They're not the three-time Stanley Cup champs. Uh, but they are the recent two-time Stanley Cup champs and a force to be reckoned with. So uh, it'll be a great matchup for what should be a much, uh, much more talented Jets roster than the one we've seen for, you know, months now. Well, and the funny thing is, I mean, you got a big-time opponent coming to town for a Friday night game. And for all those players that are going to be getting back into the lineup, there have been some guys in there that have been doing a pretty good job. So the bar has been set high for, for Rick Bonus's sure. club, and it'll be time to produce. Mike, great stuff as always. Enjoy skills tonight, and uh, we'll see you at the rink later on this week. Sounds good, Huss. Take care. There's Mike McIntyre along with Piper and Bodie, two WST favorites. I love the fact that there's a Piper emoji now. Everyone's having some fun with that in the chat. Um, that is uh, that is great. Oh, yes, and Todd Fratani, Remo needs a blender emoji. A blender emoji certainly would be something that could go well for us. We're going to get Remo back in here in just a minute, uh, but I do have to give a big Happy New Year and thanks to our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ group, all of our favorites. They, it's blizzard season in Manitoba, 12 months a year. They've even got new blizzard cakes if you haven't tried it before. Filled blizzards and more, and not to mention some of the most delicious offerings when it comes to all the food offerings there, including those amazing stack burgers, fries, chicken fingers, and of course more. Four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Pop by and tell them Huss and Remo sent you. And of course, you can hit them up online or order a cake on Instagram if you'd like. Customized at DQ Manitoba. And hey, a big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. What a great year we had with Winnipeg's favorite local beer on board with us and looking forward to many more ice cold 1919s in 2023. And Maybe no better time than this afternoon, 5.30, Canada, USA, in the middle of the week. Why the heck not? Uh, always pop by on your way home from work, your local beer store, or the brewery and taproom downtown and grab it. Or you can always order online at littlebrownjug.ca. All right, we got to get to the Cool Bet lines for our friends over at Cool Bet, but let's get Remus back in here and... Uh, Remo, man, lots of interesting Jets conversation today in the midst of a three-game winning streak. Um, tell you what, it sure would have taken this uh, scenario when we dropped the puck on the season to be beginning 2023, talking about a club challenging for first place and all the great stories that we've gone through over this afternoon with Scott and Mike. Yeah, it is funny because after that three-game losing streak, I was like, eh, maybe the season wasn't uh, meant to be. You know, you're running in all these injuries. You're on a three-game losing streak. You got some tough games, but no, they've persevered like they have all season and just rip, ripped off uh, the fourth three-game winning streak uh, of the year. And again, some tough decisions. What do you do with the defense? 
Uh, when Schmidt comes back, who comes out? Is it Hainala or what do you think? Sandberg? Where's, um, your, where's your hot take? Yeah, I think Billy's been great, but you know, I I think he, he look. I think Schmidt came out. Billy went in. I think Schmidt would go back in. I think they play similar roles on the team, and um, you know, maybe someone suggests in the chat giving you know Pionk a breather for uh for and then put in Hainala, but. I don't know. I, I I agree that he fits, but they have so many. If so, there's only so many spots, hustlers. So I yeah. think they're all capable. So I would probably put Schmidt in and take out Billy. But like, I don't know what what else you're supposed to do. Take out Sandberg. You could take out Sandberg. You could do that, but I think they like uh, they like his size. So, well, and again, I mean, we're talking about the PK. Billy's in on the power play. That's yeah. an Nate Schmidt uh, spot as well. I expect. I think Philly Hanela plays on Friday. I'll just say that. I would be surprised if they if they take him out on Friday, and maybe that does mean um, Dylan Sandberg spends a night in the press box. And again, I'm really not sure about what the future for Kyle Capobianco is because I sort of have thought of him as an insurance policy of some of the more offensive and skating defensemen that the Winnipeg Jets had. And that was, I think they were somewhat unsure as to what Billy Hanel was going to be under Rick Bonus and how that would work. It's working pretty good and it's looking pretty good right now. Um, needless to say, we'll tackle more of this in the upcoming couple of shows heading into Friday's big tilt with the Tampa Bay lightning. Um, listen, we got to make a few predictions for the skills competition before we're done. But before we do that, take a look at the, uh, Cool bet lines for today. Canada, USA, 530 gang. Canada minus 221 to win on the money line. USA plus 175. And Canada on the puck line to win by two plus 119. Total of seven over is plus 112. Under is minus 142. As far as the NHL goes tonight, only three games. Andrew Kopp and the Red Wings host the New Jersey Devils. Two actually really good stories so far this season. Devils minus 159 favorites. Wings plus 134. The Tampa Bay Lightning starting their journey coming to Winnipeg. First up, as often happens, they trip to Minnesota to take on the Wild. Uh, the Wild, a slight favorite at minus 114. Tampa at minus 103. And the Dallas Stars finish it off tonight on the West Coast in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. Ducks at plus 180 and the Dallas Stars at minus 215. Bunch of NFL lines are up right now, although the lines that we don't see right now involve both the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, I know we spent a lot of time talking about DeMar yesterday, uh, the injured safety from the Buffalo Bills. We can tell you that there has been some positive news coming out of the University of Cincinnati Hospital. A uh, family spokesperson said, and I can't really get too much into it because they didn't give too many details. But they said what the doctors were hoping to see overnight happened, and there is more and more optimism that uh, DeMar Hiller may be able to make a recovery, but still the entire football and sporting world hoping and thinking about him to make a recovery. And the National Football League, is in an incredible bind right now trying to figure out how to handle this moving forward and what makes sense for the Bills and the Seah and the uh, Bengals. Um, what is unfortunate for both of those teams is that this game will likely not be played. Both the Bills and the Bengals will have one less game played this year and will be slotted in the playoffs based on their winning percentage. 
And that's a huge plus for the Kansas City Chiefs, who will need to beat the Raiders. And if that is the case, if they do beat the Raiders on the weekend, will get the very coveted bye and home field throughout the playoffs. I did see Mike Florio suggest today at Pro Football Talk that in the interest of fairness, if the AFC Championship game is, for instance, between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe that game be played at a neutral site. I mean, the Chiefs will get the bye if they end up being first on account of it. Um, but it's just an unprecedented situation with losing a game in the fashion that they did and what that does to the playoffs. But I'm sure we'll get some more clarity um, on that a little later on in the week, as well as what's to come for the Bills and the Bengals this weekend after um, hopefully hearing some more good news uh, about the player who was um, you know, injured in that very, very scary uh, event over on Monday night, which um, led to the postponement and eventual cancellation of the Monday night football game. But uh, the rest of the lines are there. Dusty's back. We'll have a big lock shop heading into week 18 of the NFL season coming up on Friday. For you YouTubers out there, make sure to check out Lock Shop and get a sub there and throw your notifications on so you know when we are going live. And again, if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right, Remo, before we go, let's talk about the skills competition tonight. Always a fun, fun event. I'm actually... You know me, I was a huge fan of the Speed of Light promo last yes. year where Jet would take on all comers and finish the season undefeated. Um, Jet's back tonight and we'll be going head-to-head -head with Bar Down's Jesse Pollock in a skating race. Assuming Jesse gets here on time with his equipment after starting the day in Halifax, going to Toronto to get his gear and then ending up in the peg. Yeah, I'm kind of curious how the travel is going to affect him. Um I know Jet's That's pretty right. good. Couple time zones. That is couple time, zone. time zones. There. there are a couple time zones. So I think <laughs> I think Jets. He's done these before. I do think there's an advantage. I know Jesse's a pretty good uh, player. He posts about his high school uh, hockey accolades here. Um, Big beer league guy. Yeah, he's rocks number rocks number sixty nine. So you know he must be good to uh, own it. So I still am going to go Jet just because uh, I know Jesse's going to be upset that I pick against him. But I think he's done it before. And the mindset of being in a race, I don't think, uh, I think there, there's some advantage there. He's, he's got home ice advantage. I'll say this. I mean, uh, we've talked before about the game production this year and just the continued improvements the Jets have made as an organization in a lot of areas. And listen, if you're not going to games, you probably haven't seen it. Those of us that are, I think, would agree. They absolutely nailed last night at the game, Remo. Of the in-game promotions, like during timeouts, the hoser cam was absolutely phenomenal and we saw one guy i don't think this has ever happened before one guy make an appearance on both the hoser cam and an epic mustache cam later on in the third period and uh i'm not sure whether it's janice or who the folks behind the scenes are part of that team with selecting the celebrity lookalikes at the games I'm consistently blown away of the lookalikes that they find and how they get the pictures and get that set up. But it was another all-timer last night with Danny Trejillo, the third lookalike last night. So anyways, kudos to uh, Balls and the Gang for uh, making those games fun in between periods. But uh, I have missed the speed of light in between intermissions so far this season. And Jet will be back tonight for 
the jet skills competition. Uh, but let's make some predictions, Remo. We've got hardest shot, fastest skater, and shooting accuracy drills. Now, I get the one thing that's difficult to know. Like, will the returning players be in this tonight? Like, will Cole Perfetti be a part of it? Will Nate Schmidt be involved? Yeah. Um, I would probably think no. But I'll tell you what, I think Perfetti might be a sneaky pick for that shooting accuracy contest if um, if he does participate. I wish the Jets would have put some, put out the um, who's competing. Maybe they don't even know, but who's competing so he could make some betting lines for these. Yes. <laughs> like we got needed something to talk. I want to know fastest skater, um, Kyle Connor or Connor's like minus two hundred. Yeah, Axel I think is a dark horse for that accuracy. What Josh Morrissey or who are you thinking? Jamo in the in the shooting accuracy. Yeah. Okay. I like the, I like that call. I what? like that call. Okay, hardest shot. I'll try to rip. Well, how about Brendan Dillon? Just because he's a bigger guy, I'm trying to think of, like who's the heaviest guy. Or Dubois, hardest shot maybe. Mm, you know what? I think a lot of times you see the hardest shot. What about Steny? He's got a he's got yeah. a big stick. He might be able to uh, to to rip. That's I true. hope Stenland takes part in that. And the one guy that I think I would maybe give my support is a bit of an underdog, but a guy that might be able to do really well in the hardest shot if he participates is Nate Schmidt. Um, Nate Schmidt for certainly is going to have to be there. He's going to need to be mic'd up or something because the entertainment value of Schmidt in an event like this would be five-star even if he's not able to participate. Yeah. Give us your thoughts in the chat, everyone. Who you got? Who you got? Um, fastest skater, hardest shot. Accuracy. I see Pionk getting love for hardest shot. Um, Axel and KFC fastest skater. Sam Gagne some love for accuracy, which yeah. I would agree with. Um, I don't know like what breakaway challenge. What Earl James. Just... Hanola will win them all. <laughs> Hanola will win. Hanola wins every competition. Um, yeah, I, Doug Phil says Stanley hardest shot. I don't know if Stanley's going to be in the competing. No, there's no way. He's there's hurt. no way he'll be. Uh, he'll be. So I was was going to say him just because he's so big and you can get a lot of. Six leverage. seven, you know. He's yeah, he is six seven, but I think Stanny, he's pretty big too. Uh, was he six five? Six, he's six four or six he's five. Six, four, sure. He's six listed at six four. So, um, I think I'll I'll maybe we should write down our picks and see who's correct. Can uh, Axel the win the fastest skater? He's got to be in it. This might be his moment of the entire season. I think Kyle Connor. We know how fast he is. I'm not sure that he'll maybe care as much as a guy like Axel and Matt. This opportunity to let his flow go. I mean, this is gonna this is, Axel Johnson Fialbi is made for this event tonight. This skills get a, competition. You can get a lot of good pictures uh, with that. So I think what's going to happen is someone's going to throw a water bottle at uh, Kyle Connor while he's while he's going. They usually do that and let Axel win. Uh, so yeah, let's go with Axel. But accuracy, who are we going to accuracy? I'm going to go Kyle Connor for accuracy. Okay. How about, I'll go with Axel that. wins the skating, Kyle Connor. And again, we don't even know if everyone's participating yeah. in what. So well, Yeah, we don't know who's of, participating in what. So we're like, ball, I'll we're say ballparking these picks. Morrissey, or well, we haven't even said Shafley for accuracy. Well, we forgot about him, the guy who's leading the team with goals. Uh, I mean, listen, it's no knock on Mark Shafley. I just, I would take Kyle Connor. Yeah, I'm here. Shafe would be a close one. I would love to see. Hopefully, both of those guys are in it and they basically go head to head because 
those are the guys that have got it done. Dubois, well, Dubois might be a player. I mean, the accuracy is a good one. I mean, there's no chance of getting hurt or anything. I mean, I still, all I can think of when this skills competition is the story Trevor Kidd told yes. us <laughs> earlier <Okay>. from <laughs> crying out loud, bubble wrap these guys. Um, just let's let's make sure that everyone has a great time tonight. It's fun for the fans. Everyone makes it out unscathed and ready for the Tampa Bay Lightning on Friday. Uh, Trevor Kidd, yeah, he told a story on the show a couple of weeks ago that he was having a career year with Florida and like did the splits on was it Peter Worrell who did a breakaway move and uh, yeah, was injured tore his shoulder and tore his shoulder. And so I was watching Trevor on with Sarah yesterday. And he's like, well, Hellbuck, he's not doing anything at this. I can tell you that, Hellbuck, not doing, he's not participating in anything. Put him in bubble wrap. Yeah, <laughs> now, I guess, what are they going to do? Grab, they've got to draft AAA midget goaltenders Yeah, they before. usually get so, some other, like, dummy goalies to come in and just get lit up. Don't call them dummies. Don't call them dummies. Sorry. They're younger players Sorry, getting I mean, an opportunity. Like, a, like, crash like crash test dummies. That You can't call it a crash test dummy <laughs> anymore. It's offensive. No, Sorry, you're canceled. Fil- you're canceled. goalies. <laughs> oh god so i i will have to put our picks in i guess if you're watching this after yeah put your uh, put your predictions but we don't know who's who it's gonna be which is the worst part we gotta gotta create yeah some well content axel here. axel for fastest skater yeah connor for accuracy hardest yeah. shot is an interesting one well you know what i'm gonna go off the board i'm you know cap- captain of the uh the steny stands I think Kevin Stenland shocks everyone with the hardest shot based on absolutely nothing other than he's had a few good shots so far this year. He's big. If he kind of gets in, leans into one, uses the physics of his big body, should have an opportunity to do it. So uh, that's my off-the-board underdog pick for hardest shot, I, I Kevin was, Stenland. I was going to pick Stenny. Well, I, no one mentioned Shifley, so I think Shifley's accuracy. Or, I like Gagne, too. I like Gagne and... Um, I think Morrissey could go well, Morrissey for hardest shot or Pionk. People said Lowry. We haven't mentioned he's a big dude or Dubois. I mean, I don't know who's participating oh. in what Nicole J with a great idea in chat. They should have a jet dog eating contest tonight. <laughs> like in between a few of the events, there should, they should get like half a dozen fans all with a jet dog oh and whoever God. can take it down first. That would be. So yeah, you know what? That we should have contacted them earlier and tried to get involved in the skills competition. I mean, hey, we did start the incredible pierogi eating contest at Folkorama. Why not an annual jet dog eating contest at the skills competition? It is a skill of many fans being able to delete a d- jet dog in record time. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on that. We have to see. Uh, I'm I'm curious, but you know, it's going to be a great event. Uh, again, they take over the glass. I don't know if they sign autographs, interact with the fans. Seems like everyone's having a having a good time. Yeah, no no practice today because of the morning set. I wonder or sorry, because of the skills. I wonder how that affects the routine. Uh, you know, with this game coming up Friday. Well, hopefully we'll the see. boys got to go out last night, maybe tilt a couple and sleep in today, get ready for a fun team activity, and then get ready for a big practice tomorrow and a huge game on Friday as they look to make it four in a row against one of the measuring stick teams in the National Hockey League, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, we'll be here for it. But I know before that, 
we got a Canada USA game coming up at five thirty today. What uh, do you have a call on that one, Remo? Yeah, I'm picking I'm staring Canada. at these cool bet lines right now. I'm Canada I, by two. Yeah, plus one nineteen by ten. Yeah, come on by ten. I'm not taking. They beat Slovakia in OT. Yeah, although great point by Scott. It the Slovaks did beat the United States. Like that was a good team that Canada played. Well, yeah, I would still take I would still take Canada, but I'm not. You think I'm going to sit here and say, "Yeah, I'm going to bet on Team USA over Team Canada"? I no, saw a cool that, bet Chris did, or is he's just now real Chris Abbott. He bet on them. Oh, he bet on the states. Yeah, I think he tweeted that he did. So, well, the states are plus one seventy five. That being said, that's no fun. Uh, but that's also, not I'm not I'm not laying minus two twenty one. No. So we're 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 right in the puck line here. Canada by two. At plus 119, it's locked in at cool bet. I also have to think about a pick of the day. I think I might hit this Raptors game tonight. Uh, Giannis and a bunch of other guys playing. Uh, many of the top bucks aren't there. I was kind of surprised to see the Raptors were four-and-a-half-point favorites against Milwaukee, uh, but they are. I guess this is an ESPN game in the States, so I'm sure Toronto will be ready to go, and Nick Nurse always has a, has a good plan for Giannis. So great sports night tonight. Enjoy the skills competition if you're heading to it. Enjoy Canada USA coming up later on this evening, and we will be all over it tomorrow with the uh, latest on the Jets at practice tomorrow, skills competition results, and of course, get ready for what will be the championship game in the World Junior Hockey Championship, hopefully involving Connor Bedard and our Canadian team. Thanks to everyone Here. that joined us today. No, no, I, I put this. I want to get in one more thing. Sorry, one more okay, thing. I do have to mention this. First of all, we didn't mention. Yeah, USA does have Rutger and Chaz Lucius. I did want to get to this, Hustler. Uh, I put it at the end. So we're watching the game on TV, and I do want to give a PSA for anyone. If you were watching the game last night and your TV was flickering uh, during the game, that wasn't... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, need, I needed to get this in. Sorry to cut you off. I no. have to get this in. If you, you were watching the game and your TV was flickering, it wasn't an issue with your cable box. It wasn't an issue with your TV. It was, in fact, an issue with the Jets' uh, TSN3 broadcast. And... I jokingly said, well, this obviously has to do something with the digital board ads because we know how great they are and how much we love them. And then I noticed in the third period, us, you know, they turned off the digital board ads and <laughs> the flickering stopped. So just another example of the board ads working extraordinarily well, as Gary Bettman said. So I just wanted to give a PSA. You don't have to replace yeah. your TV. It was a problem with the broadcast. I had to get I've that got in. a great, I've got a great hack for people like you and others that spend a lot of time yeah. online complaining about the boards. Get off your ass and buy a ticket and yeah. go to the games. There's hey. no digital board ads <laughs> if you show up at the arena. I would, I, and that's why I'm so pumped with the junior game tonight, Hus, because I don't have to be, uh, be showing all these digital ads during the game. I'm looking forward to getting more games. I am at home on the couch uh, with a newborn, so my time. Isn't what I used to be, but I, I fully agree with. Go on, uh, go on uh, at M Remus on Twitter, and you can check out the detective work that yes. Michael spent putting oh. into getting to the bottom of what the heck was going on with the broadcast last night. I'll be honest; it was also affecting it in the building. Um, 
There was a couple times I was having a conversation with a friend in between the first and second period and was walking out and obviously they stopped the play. So I had to go in at the first whistle and it cut out a number of times into just a blank screen on the TVs inside. So it was screwing up a lot of things uh, right now. And I know that is a uh, that is a topic that continues to get run amongst hockey fans. It is a bit of a joke that this is still happening. But uh, as they say, some triggered more than others. But it's not positive for the National Hockey League. I think we can all agree. That being said, if you're sitting in the seats at the rink, no such problems. And uh, tell you what, 14 home wins on the season. Been a pretty fun season to be uh, attending games for the Winnipeg Jets. And hopefully we'll get a great crowd on Friday night when the Tampa Bay Lightning come to town. Uh, Folks, enjoy the game tonight and the skills competition. Huge thanks to all the sponsors that make the show happen each and every day. And our guest today, Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff, and of course, Scott Billick from The Sun and Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Book it. We'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully talking about Canada, the World Junior Hockey Championship final, live at 1 o'clock on YouTube, and then your podcast a little bit later on. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.